You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, here with me today. Good Silius. How are you doing? How are, How are you, doing man? Doing good, uh, buddy. How are you? Doing good. Uh, of course, Gutsilius, uh, you know, does things for the Outer Haven. Also, you can catch him him and uh, usually with uh, Scott over there, Sis Scott over there on the Outer Haven YouTube channel. Uh, they do a lot of great stuff over there. You know, trailer reactions, uh, gameplay vids, all that stuff. Uh, reviews as well. We got the whole reviews. thing going on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all be doing everything uh, yeah. over there. So if you can't uh, check out the site, or what these guys are doing also on Twitch as well, get Silius. So that being said, man, how are you doing? Doing it's, fantastic. Uh, it's a hot summer day. I managed to get like most of the day done before I got this taken care of because Lordy Lord, I was out there for like over 12 hours. Wow. Glad you were able to um to survive it. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's like I survived the the, the brand new version of uh, I'll, I don't know if I curse on your on your podcast the new version of Hell uh, the DMV <laughs> the DMV is a, is the new Hell I, it was it was bad when I was younger it's more bad than it is now uh, uh, yeah man the, the well I mean over here where you know I live in Miami they make you do the, the appointment thing now yeah we got uh, that down here too I did an appointment I still had to wait through all that stuff and then it was it was it was a fun ride for that way. Luckily, they get luckily now they put they give you text messages so you don't fall asleep. You're like, oh, you got text message, go to this booth. I'm like, that's fantastic, but geez, yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting here forever, so this doesn't necessarily <laughs> yeah. help me that much, but um, yeah, man. I, so, there's there's uh quite a few things to talk about. Uh, you know, if you didn't catch the latest uh spec mode podcast, which is you know, Outer Haven's podcast, I was on there with uh Gutsilius here, so there's a little bit of a retread we're gonna do with the xbox ftc stuff at least now it's done and we're just waiting for the decision to be made so we'll give our i guess predictions on what's going to happen with that uh you're reviewing or been well not reviewing but you're you've been playing a lot of trails and reverie yeah Um, i've been playing a lot of that yeah and a bunch of other stuff as well but yeah i've been playing playing that with that uh sips i've done a uh trailer i want to say i've done a prologue video on stream live with Sif Scott, and it'll be up on YouTube soon. Uh, just you know, breaking it down and whatnot because you know I love the series, but I don't want to like grind the content and spoil it for everybody. You guys should definitely play; it's a good game. Yeah, for sure. So we'll get in uh, more in depth on that as well. And I've been playing more Final Fantasy 16. I'll talk about that, and of course, some other things that uh, on, on sort of a I guess light news week this week in video games. All right, so well. Just in case, so we can get this out of the way already. If this is your first time listening or 100th time listening, we appreciate you. Uh, obviously, appreciate Gazillius being on here with me today. And you guys, for whether you watch on YouTube, you can go subscribe to WTM Network. Uh, that gets you basically everything we do in one place. So, not only the video games to the max here, you get what the Rattlets and Broadcasting folks do, which anytime basically there is a they basically do the, the big movie of the week review. Uh, so whatever movie is is happening, you can bet your bottom dollar that either Monday night or Tuesday it will be there for uh, on the damn you Hollywood. And we got uh, the anime show Talk to Keiki. 
MMA show, uh, MMA for Marks, and Chapter Select has been coming back with the video game movies. Uh, they just did uh, Prince of Persia and Ratchet and Clank. So if you like what they do, you can go check them out on the YouTube channel as well. Of course, if you just want to listen with your ears, which a lot of people love to do on podcasts, I still do all the time, uh, you can do that. Just find whatever show that you like on the YouTube channel. You can just go find it on the audio side. We used to have a whole network channel, but uh, our podcast host decided that that was not something they wanted to pay for anymore. So they just basically did away with all those for everybody, which sucks, but whatever. We will come back stronger, even though they, they, they decided to do that. But either way, again, you can go and subscribe Video Against the Max or Chapter Select or Router Broadcasting, whatever it is that you like from us, you can go do that individually on the audio side. And of course, you know, check out the site, www.tunet.com for all of our podcast posts. And then, yeah. So that being said, let's get into uh, what we've been playing here. I kind of already mentioned it here. Your, I guess, big game that you've been kind of diving into. Well, there's a lot of big games. I've been, oh. big games I've well, um, yeah, you've been but... playing a lot, but I guess to start, Trails in the Reverie, where does this land, I guess, on the, for people that are, you know, every time there's a Trails game, there's like this big hype thing behind it. Everybody says, okay, we got to play the series. I have a bunch of the games. Uh, and then I've just, I've, I've played Cold Steel here and there. I played this, uh, the, the Sky series here and there, but like, I never really got into it. Like, where does this land in the series, I guess? Can you so, start from here? So Trails of Reverie, you can kind of start from here, but I personally want to recommend it. But it, it is the end of the uh, first arc, which is the arc of from Sky all the way to the end of Azure and Zero. And this is the end of that entire arc through Cold Steel. So that's one entire arc ended. Look, for those who are fans of the series, uh, you know that they're way ahead of us in Japan and release date, but we're catching up. So we're, we're going to finish the arc here and then focus on the next game, which I think is the Kisaki Sin series. If I'm incorrect, Scott will kill me for that, but that I believe is what we're up to. So if you pick, if you pick up Trails of Reverie, you will, they do a good job reminding who the characters are. There is a section where you can read the story, you want to go back to it, and they remind you who the key players are from Lloyd to Rian, etc. So if you if there's the first game you're getting, it's a good, it's a good way to get into. And if you like turn-based RPGs, it's good to go too. What makes Trails games very good compared to other RPGs is that it's a continuous game universe put together. Most RPGs or RPG games are maybe share universe but one and doneers, such as games like Final Fantasy 16 is a one and done, Final Fantasy 7 is a one and done. I know I had multiple games in the series, but it's a one and done, eight to one and done, etc. Like these are like you just pick it up, you're done, that's it. But there's like if you wanted more world building and more investment in character growth development, you would definitely try into Trails of Reverie. It's definitely worth getting into. If you miss games of continuation or you know series story like that, up your alley, go get it. As you see me dabbing right there, it's it's up there for you. That's the one big game I've been playing. One of the one of the big ones. I've also been playing a lot of uh, Diablo Four, which is Diablo Four. There's no way to get around that. It's, it's just it's uh. just it's yeah, it's just good. It's, there's no way to get around that. And I've been playing a lot lately. If you um, have come by to the stream, you probably have noticed it from the link in the description. Twitch.tv gets silly. I've been playing a lot of Bleak Sword uh, DX, a minimalist kind of indie Souls-like game, which is really well done. The mechanics and things are pure. The only thing the game will actually hurt outside your hands is your eyes. There is a lot of photosensitive in the game that's just there for no reason, in my opinion, but it's a solid game nonetheless. And I'll be finishing up the game soon, so check me out when I do it. Uh, man, that's uh, that's quite a lot uh, to be getting into there. Is there anything else you want to 
touch on? Or? Oh, I've been playing um, a lot of Power. So Power Chord a while back has released their final character update, which is uh, Wither Moon. Uh, she is a stance character. Her abilities that she uses um, Sun Stance and Moon Stance. For every card you play that support increases the Moon Gauge, essentially a Moon ability, which that when she activates in Moon form, the charges that affect it go up. For example, let's just say you do, I'll keep it very simple, one weakness charge. But if you have two moon charges in moon form, you now do three weakness charges because you add two plus that. So that's really good. And the same thing for sun form. You could play a bunch of attacks and increases the sun gauge. And then when you activate sun form and do sun damage, does a lot of damage. So it's a kind of a yin yang kind of character. It's really cool. Uh, I've been grinding that. I, I think I'm up to distortion level eight or nine because of it. I've been, I've been on and off with the game, but it's a very, very good card roguelike that I think people should give a tryout. Um, I definitely think it's better than Wafrost in a sense of balance and how it plays, but I definitely think Power Court is really fun. It's made by the same people who made uh, Foregone. So if you like Foregone, you like that company, the way they make games, you probably like uh, Power Court as well. And that's pretty much the, the obviously the bigger games I'm playing, quote unquote, but like they're all re relatively indie games, like except for Diablo. Uh, Gunfire Reborn we're playing because the spiritual ascent thing is really fun. I wish more people played Gunfire Reborn because there's so many people who like, man, I really wish, you know, Borderlands was good again. Gunfire Reborn. It's Borderlands and its purest root in a roguelike sense. It's no way to get around it. It's probably one of the best of this genre because of it. And I definitely recommend people try it out. There's also, um, well, my, my, I guess that, well, actually, I just finished streaming uh, Sam Max Save the World. I've beaten the game a thousand times, so it's Sam and Max. No way to get around it. And one game I always play is my casual game, my chill-off game is Super Auto Pets. It doesn't matter if I win or lose Super Auto Pets. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, you're always talking. I, I swear I see you talk about it on, on the chat, the outer heaven chat every now and then. Like, what what is that really? Super Auto Pets is, an, yeah. is a free-to-play auto battler where you pick up animals, you level them up, you double them up, you to win the game. Okay. Now, they made a lot of changes to the game, which is art and direction, where it used to be, like, you need, what, ten, you need, what, 10 looses to win, but anybody get down to five. They made some changes, but it's still fun nonetheless. I mean, they actively balance it, so it's kind of interesting in that regard. But it's a, it's a fun auto-battler. It's free to play. It's, there, it, it isn't like, I would say, like a team team by tactics or Dota Underground. People still play that low. Those games are just rage bait to make you feel bad. This game is like, oh, look, my cute turtle like is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a is a 21-21. Haha, I win the fight. No big deal. It doesn't feel like bad when you win or lose. It's just a, it's just a good game to play. And right. obviously, and the thing that makes it cool too is there's like a weekly. It's like you know, much like other mobile games, there's a weekly stuff like oh yeah, you can switch your animal pack or try a custom pack. You can play with your friends lobby. It's it's a good it's it's a really good game. All right, I don't know, I have to I have to tell, sell my try to sell my daughter on that one. So she's yeah, uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's it's on mobile. It's on Steam. It's just easy to play. There's nothing there's nothing about it at all. All right. Well, uh, I've. I'm probably clo really close to the end of Final Fantasy 16. So I, I know Scott was just saying that he beat it last night. So yeah, I'm it's sure. a pretty short game. My brother beat it as well. So, you know, yeah, especially if you mainline and you don't do a lot of the side quests, it's pretty a it's little, pretty it's a little bit as well as like, because um, no, there's no insult to the game. If you are really good at character action games, character action games game, like assault spy, any devil may cry, Arguably old school God of War, um, or even Bayonetta to a degree. I'm not a fan of Bayonetta as much, but it's like if you're good at character action games, you'll figure out a lot of this game pretty easily. Like how to do your launcher combos, screw to impact, how to use iframes, 
there's a lot of this game that's pretty nutty, but it's it's super fun. I I played a bit in my brother's house today before I went out to the DMV hell. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing I've been loving is the combat. I never, I've done all the hunts and all the other stuff, and it's because the combat's so good. I want to keep playing it. Uh, so plus, uh, when you get that berserker ring, giving you a an actual reason to like want to dodge attacks just to dodge them, so you can basically go on limit break for five seconds every time you do it. Uh, genius. Yeah. Move. Essentially, yeah. Essentially, if you play that's if you hit the perfect trickster or teleport after attack, get the perfect counter hit. I personally, as a uh, Royal Guard Psycho, I use Rock Form to parry everything to get meter because I played too much Devil May Cry 3 and 5. Like, I could even hear myself, but brother was like, you just do it, Royal Guard, Royal Guard. He's, he's like, you're just going to do it, just going to do it. Royal Guard. And just like getting <laughs> JoJo hands. So that's pretty yeah. much it. But yeah, it's it's a really fun game. Um, I I tried, because I tried, my brother unlocked mostly everything, I tried all of them. There's In this game, there, it, there isn't a, like, I would say a each build is quote unquote bad or whatever or whatever's the best. All of them good because all have their own iframes, but it's like abuse iframes. But it's like they're all solid. And I, I call them with the arc. Garuda is Nero build. You pull people in. Flame build is regular trickster. Um, right. Ifrit. Earth build is Royal Guard. It's what it is. And Shadow build is uh, essentially near uh, not near uh, Virgil. Can summon swords. We hit a perfect parry or dodge. You able to put a lightning on top of them, which stands an opponent's head. It's ticky sword Damocles, and you just hit them down. Yeah, FF16 is great. I, I recommend people try. If, if you even if you're uh, if you like if you even if you like uh, if you're not into character action games, it's, it's really well done. Yeah, and I think it goes the other way too. If you're not into RPGs, I think this is one you can play without. Say like I got a friend from work who's not a big RPG fan. He likes more like the the God of Wars and that kind of thing. He's like, "Oh man, I'm totally down with this. I, I want to play more." He's like, "I don't want to be working right now. I want to be playing that game." I'm like, "Well, I'm I'm the same way." So, uh, it's fun to be able to talk to a friend that doesn't play these games very much to be able to say, uh, "All right, how where how far are you? Where, where are you at?" So, um, that's good. They, they I think they've accomplished what they wanted, which is to get a bigger audience for Final Fantasy as far as like, I guess more general populace, not the niche audience that will always buy a Final Fantasy, which, you know, when that happens, you get the Final Fantasy hardcore fans that get upset because it's now lo- no longer just for them. But that never, that yeah. never really existed. That, yeah. that was, that was manufactured. I, as I said before in the podcast, it's like, there are fake people who say things like for the controversy. Like there are no turn-based games. I just talk about Tales of Reverie. There's no turn-based games. There's this way to madness lies. You're not looking for. It. You're just being lazy. Don't 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 do that. Like I like for example, the only thing I find funny though is um off 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 random notes is if you buy Final Fantasy 16, I think the physical version, you get a get a code or a copy for uh, Final Fantasy 14, and the surface of Final Fantasy 14, which I also play, has been jammed up, and it's like, damn it, Yoshi P, you're suffering from success again. <laughs> like people are playing Final, which is you know, in, in my mind, right. 14, 14 is probably the best MMO in the market right now. But it's also a single player game, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing too. Like I I want to play fourteen because I I love Final Fantasy that much, but I'm just like I don't have the time, you know. And the sad part, you can you could just play it through the single. Like most of the when people think of an MMO is the MMO part of fourteen is the end game content. A lot of it is just you could just play the game and go. The, and the MSQ, the main story quest, and enjoy the game, and it's really good. So it's like there's there is no force component telling you, oh yeah, you have to. And I mean, it's on ironic. You're not going to get further in the game until you actually do this 12 man raid on Mythic 
and right. to you know the mega protocol, which is the hardest dungeon. Don't do it, please. In order to progress, no, that stuff is all end game content. That's all end game. You are not going to hit that anytime soon. What you you can just play the game, grind it for like three months, get do the main quest storyline, and be like, all right, I'm done. See you guys never. I'll wait till the next time I have story quest. That's it. And it tells people who do that, by the way. That's so it's like you don't have to worry about like I have to. And by the way, even makes it better. Uh, for each dungeon, you can choose to play with NPCs. You can avoid. You can play Final Fantasy fourteen and avoiding real people the whole time. I'm not okay. You can play with avoiding people the whole time. That's right. If you're truly antisocial, this is a game for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's and that's totally like the antithesis of an MMO, right? So that's that's pretty to a cool. Degree, I mean, you are massively playing online, just not with people. You know, if you want to, right. that's, yeah. I mean, but do you think like I've heard Realm Reborn is kind of like the worst? No, it, no, so, no. That's in, yeah. that's incorrect. Um, the the worst version of the game from a story standpoint, is from my experience, is Stormblood. But you get through that's fine. A Realm Reborn and Heaven's Ward is, my opinion, until you get Shadowbringers and and Walker, is peak story content. It is insanely good how well they're written with the music and everything. I mean, no spoilers to a Realm, uh, to not Realm Reborn to Heaven's Ward. There's one character who essentially lives off the idea of vengeance and then you see him change over time through his story and arc or whatever and the best part about it is the subtleties of the background change as well such as the shadow his armor you don't see anymore you see the light shining on it as he talks about giving up his his wrathful ways good writing again realm reborn and heaven's ward is peak writing for them and then i could say shadow bring me shadow bringers and walker but stormblood to me is the weakest it's not the worst which is the weakest but no it would be stormblood uh just because the villain doesn't feel like a villain yeah that's kind of uh important when it comes to like so that being said i think i mean that's it for me as far as all, I mean, i'm trying to like just kind of push through final fantasy so i could review it and then uh kind of be done with it and and move on to other things um because i'm kind of behind on the, on the review stuff but i didn't want to get like oh let me catch up on everything and then i'm playing final fantasy 16 like three months from now so <laughs> yeah the life of having to do things for content all the time so that being said i guess let's get into the the it's not a lot of news because everything was basically built around the whole xbox ftc which uh, i don't think we we need to rehash that again um i think we both know where each other stands on this uh i will say there was some interesting stuff from the last couple days because the last time i recorded with with hayes last week we were kind of like at the break in between uh so there's been quotes from both jim ryan and satya nadella you know kind of taking the stand and saying things uh jim ryan of course his big quote was that uh, he believes X. Everybody hates Xbox Game Pass, basically, and that. Uh, yeah, that's 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 highly <laughs> misconstrued. But yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know where you stand on that one. No, it's 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 highly misconstrued. But yeah, I know what he, I know, I know what he said about that. And that Xbox Game Pass is uh, value destructive, which. That is very. That is that is very true. That is not even like a ha ha. That is very yeah. true. Well, I was I was going to, I guess, dive a little bit deeper in that, like. So you pretty much answered one of my questions already. Do you do you think it? There is no other way where it's not value destructive to you. There's no positives. None for Xbox as, Game Pass. No, from it, and, and as you as you me talk before, you know, from the past four, you know, I'm an indie guy. Um, I got into indie gaming. My been gaming since since whatever. But it's like it's value destructive in a sense that basically, if oh god, very easy, very easy, very easy. 
Final Fantasy 16, it's what, $70, right? Right. What's the price of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate? $25, $30? Uh, 17 now. 17 now. Xbox Ultimate, 17 a month. You have cut down, if I if I want to like, I'll say cut down the $10 price tag because what the PS4 version seems like it says, but let's say you put the PS, PS4 version at $60. You have you have destructed two-thirds of value of the creation of the games being sold on the market. That is value destructive in a nutshell. In the, in the purest form, that's what it is. Yeah. Right. Is, I, is, I, yeah. I, I mean, yes, I do agree with you on the AAA sense, which is why we're, we don't and even really on, get and that even on indie, and from a, And from an indie standpoint, it's also value destructive because you're kind of flooding your things with Mark, the indie games. And as an indie gamer who search out and create content for indie stuff, they use Xbox Game Pass. Their algorithm and how the recommendation is very weak compared to Steam. And I hate to say it, I hate these guys a lot. Epic Game Store. They're weaker than that, so it just feels like it's just like stuff in there. It's like a never-ending warehouse. It's value destructive in the sense that unless the the creators of the game are marketing whatever, because they already got paid to make the game, put it there. That's already that's for indie dev. That's probably a payday themselves. Like, great, we've made something and then we got paid for it. Fantastic. Value destructive in that secondary sense, where you try to generate social value or value through the game. The thing about what makes it what makes Xbox Game Pass ultimately value destructive at the end of the cost is that once you get enough people to accept the idea of the subscription pass method, you now devalue everything else around it. This is the same fear off tangent, the idea of um, AI in general. AI is value destructive because it makes people think less of artists who create things. Hell, um, we we you've probably seen the gaming news that some gaming websites are willing to use um AI generated uh, uh, text to create articles, right. from it, which devalues people. If you're okay, if you're okay with that, you are now making it seems like it's socially and acceptable to devalue people for what they're worth to pay AI cheaper. That's what the Game Pass does socially. You're socially saying it's okay that all games should be under a subscription method at the fraction or a third of the value compared to doing it or shipping it themselves, and that's social destruction from and that is value destruction in a nutshell. In a nutshell, that is exactly he is one hundred percent right from it. There is no like haha secondary about it. Just that's it is, and the thing is that Microsoft, and if they own first party companies and they put it on the Game Pass, and that first party company has an open deal with other people, you can see how that would be unfair in the value destruction that right? because why would I pay sixty seventy dollars for a game if I could just pay twenty a month or seventeen a month? You said and then. Slap, slap, party's over. That's you're you're essentially cutting a third of two thirds of the original value, which is very dangerous from a, from a financial standpoint. Yeah, I mean, and, which is why uh, Bobby Kotick was very adamant when he took the stand of, listen, uh, I don't have to like it, but I'm going to tell you straight up, I don't, I wouldn't put anything in Game Pass or PS Plus because, again, he feels just like you said that it not only. Devalues it, but also he can't get the money that he wants out of that series, which is you know one of the biggest well, series in gaming. So he, why would you? Yeah. Here's the thing about Bob, good old Bobby. Bobby, it, it doesn't matter what Bobby says. You know why? Yeah. Because if it happens, if remember, remember what this is actually is. This isn't this isn't a merger where they are combining the resources to have equal say. This is an acquisition. I purchase right. you. I could do what I want. So it doesn't matter. At that, I'm being serious. That, right, that I mean, and he probably also knows that. At some point, his days there are numbered. Oh, it's Bobby. Everyone hates Bobby. Everyone hates Bobby. He was a booby to begin with. Bobby. The problem is, is like (laughs) that's 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 the thing about acquisitions. 
Now, if this was a, if Microsoft made merger deals where the other company has equal say to the output of it, I'd be like, fine, whatever. This is, this, this is work of democracy in a nutshell. This is great, but it's not. It's an acquisition. So at the end of the day, they're the, Microsoft will be the one to make, to determine the value of the position to be in. And that's the, one of the proponent scary parts of it, quote unquote scary. Right. Exactly. What you're saying is, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's what's going to determine this whole thing is you're taking probably the perhaps the biggest third probably publisher that there is in video games and then bringing it into the fold for yourself and then putting a lot of those games on game pass and obviously jim ryan is against that because even even though even though microsoft's saying oh we'll put it on ps plus even if you want he's like i kind of don't want that because, because then i have to share revenue with you not even you share know. revenue i also i also partake in value destruction yeah that's the, yeah so that's yeah, Jim Ryan being actually the better capitalist in that in that argument because it's like if I participate in capital structure, I also devalue the other things I want to. And we're not going. And by the way, this this devaluing of uh, products and assets is a is a process of these common denominator that's famous in uh. If in, I don't want to get to your personal life, you live you may live around the Florida, in Florida, <laughs> that's Walmart Walmart's rule rule for a reason because they're least common denominator. They have devalued other markets to do what they do. That is a scary situation to be in. That is to me the antithesis of competition in some degree. There's something wrong to having a big box or a big box store or a big box super service. I'm okay mm -hmm. with that. That's that's we all cool with that. But when you start devaluing other assets around you to be able to one, that's when I go like, whoa, buddy, what are you doing here? Can you stop that, please? Please, please. Yeah. And, uh, and that's so, next year. I so I mean for you, like it, it does so it you don't feel like it even helps, like, okay, we're both indie gamers we like indie games you, you more than i do as far as like how far down the indie hole you go like yeah. for me that's what i love about game pass is being able to try out these indie games and find ones that i like and then maybe if i i like it a lot i'll go and buy it on my switch or whatever because i like to have things portable yeah but that's that's but, you second that's you second dipping and even then right a lot of, a lot of indie games have also provided demos on other platforms you could try out too so you can actually right. give them your money and not do this third party thing the issue the issue is is that you have to, rather than the marketing team of steam nintendo sony or whoever you are essentially being boxed into this system that's the thing that's mm -hmm. the problem as from an indie perspective yes i'm okay with indie developers getting their payday for this game whatever but how long the game will survive who don't find out compared to finding game elsewhere and that's the scary part, as well as because Microsoft controls the Xbox Game Pass algorithms. I mentioned earlier, isn't that strong in recommending games or strong enough to provide that to people? So I'm just being fed to the whatever the system offers me, no matter what I do. A perfect example of this is uh, I joked. I talked. I don't think I talked about this earlier, right? Um, Bleak. Yeah. Uh, have you heard about uh, you know Bleak, uh, Bleak Sword uh, DX? Great indie game. Souls like I may have talked about it before, but it's like. Yeah, it's on Xbox Game Pass. When I look up numbers for it, it's not like it's abysmal compared to that it was launched a couple weeks ago on Steam. So, and on Steam is doing pretty well. So when I look at the numbers, I go like, "This is Devolver Digital, by the way, probably the big one of the big big house indie publishers they're right. on, except like Raw yeah. Fury." So Devolver Digital can't make a footprint on Game Pass, but on all platforms they do. This is the thing. This is the thing that like destructive value in a nutshell. That's that's what it is. It's not that it takes it takes away money. It takes away social value and the ability for the developer to gain a foothold to reach their market in some way that things blow up. Like this is a this is a true story. So 
one of the best, one of the most games that came out of nowhere, people quote unquote came out of nowhere, is the Yakuza series, right? Baka Me Time right. Man. Hell, that's his name now. Baka Me Time Man. So Baka Me Time Man has been on Sony and PS3 for years. For years, right? Having a small niche audience. Let's be super fair about that. They blew right. up around the PS4, Xbox 360 era and Steam era, right? They blew up, in, you know why they blew up on PS4? Outside of meme culture and everything, that's true also. Them also being free and, and being promoted. That mm -hmm. helps. Microsoft doesn't really do that as much on their platforms as when you use them. And that's kind of the problem. When you're a big, a big box only care about volume. They're not caring about the quality of their volume. And that's right. why I don't believe in the value or the, the like Xbox Game Pass is okay. Like, I think it's, a, it's, it's like, there are things they could do to make it better. Like my, as I said just early, fixing the algorithm, everything. But it's like, from an indie development standpoint, how will I get noticed on this platform that does almost nothing, a.k.a. Twitch? Haha, ha, I'm just kidding. Twitch is fine. Please don't ban me. But that's the thing. <laughs> like, that, no, no, but that's the thing, right? You well, and then also, I think to their point is like, okay, now you're getting Activision's Blizzard's games on here. Right. How much further down does that push the indies? Because now you're getting a library of games that are almost all of them are known. And cold classics. I mean, can, yeah. and can you imagine? Like, and I do mean this. The D, the D4 community on Xbox will triple. I, I do mean that. The Overwatch yeah. community, though people Overwatch saying it's a dead game. I look, shooter bros, no offense to you people. You guys are freaking cavemen. If it has gun and go, you will play it. I am not joking. I'm not insulting <laughs> you. You know what you are. No, they, yeah, they definitely know. It's like, it's so like, it's like shooter bros, once Overwatch is available on Xbox Game Pass, save the game. Done. Uh, easy deal. World of Warcraft right. on Game Pass, hell, they can even tie the subscription to it. Boom, done, right? And that's the thing about it. They're going to be focused more on promoting their acquisition things at the other wayside. So it's just it just feels really hard for indie people across the board. I think that, like I said, there's nothing wrong with indie developers going to producing it because, again, if Microsoft pays them, it's a bag, it's good, it secures them, it makes it help them do the project in the future or pay for marketing or, you know, do what a lot of developers do. They put the game on Steam make enough money, and then port it to other consoles, you know, things like that. That's cool. I'm all okay with that. I mean, or even port it to mobile. You know, that's, that's, a new, that's, the, that's a whole new market that's happening out there. But from my opinion, it's like, yeah, I, I don't think Xbox Game Pass is really helpful to indies unless they fix their algorithm and what they do per proponent to users in the algorithm. I mean, people like myself, you, other people play indies, maybe, maybe um, God, there's another guy who plays indies. I respect a lot. Uh, you know, um, this game in because a bunch of people so it's like it's very very hard for for to me justify that making microsoft bigger is good for indies it's no it's it's not it doesn't it, they're barely held by indies now so making them bigger for indies is just even be like a a bet you know cracking them back further in the line as you said earlier so i mean moving to i guess the other uh kind of big statement from satya nadella which obviously part of it's a shot at sony right because, yeah yeah uh, what what they do as far as you know, getting the third-party exclusives and and trying to outbid for that and everything, so Satya is just basically saying like, look, we wouldn't have exclusives if it wasn't because of the third-party ones, I should say, because yeah, yeah. of what what Sony does. Uh, I'd love to live in a world where there was no exclusives, but the way our competitor That's... doesn't play that game, do you well, think we could ever that... actually live in a world where we don't have third-party exclusives if everybody wanted to play fair? 
Well, well, the only way that would happen is we make a giant super console. We all work together. That's and, and we're not in Star Trek right. yet, so no. But in my opinion, that was that I hated that complaint because what you're complaining about is how the modes of our system works. The thing is that if you're really upset about that, then you have to prove that they're playing underhanded dirty. You have to prove in the quarter United States that you're in right now that they're finagling, like they're they're going into like people's offices and breaking their computers. Says, hey. Baba the goo, you better pay me my, you better pay me my, you better pay me my video, capiche, you know, doing things like that. But they're not. So yeah, no. it, it's one of it's one of the things that I always hate this type of complaining because it doesn't, it's it's you're I'll be I'll be real frank here. You're bitching about the capitalism is working and the rule set that you, that you guys are okay with because you're doing it as well. Like you bought these other companies that it's not possible. You're doing the same thing too. It's just like you're not as successful currently in the last five years doing so, which is a whole different situation we'll get into. But I think that like that was such a cheap shot because you're what you're really saying is that, well, it's bad when they do it because they winning and it's not good. We do it like, dude, if you were good at the thing you're doing, this wouldn't be a problem. And the thing is, like, if there was a world no exclusivities, then again, there'd be a super console, Star Trek and all that jazz. I just think that. The time exclusive deal that people have been doing now is probably the best we're going to get. Like, I know that Final Fantasy 16 is a PS5 exclusive, but within like maybe six months or a year, I could see it on Steam or whatever, right? Something like that. And that's probably the best we're going to get in the modern world we're going to get now because we have to drive the number, has to be driven up. And console exclusivities don't bring as much money as used to, as provided by this court case, and even in the past. It's just exclusivity is a way to get FOMO or. I would say the driven fan base to get it, but the casual gamer or the people get it will get it on their preferred platform or whatever. And the thing too is that, um, you know, the the, the problem I hate with this course case is Nintendo isn't or is the uh, competitor, right? Right, right. And I dislike that argument because it's like it's it goes both ways, and none of you none of them talk about Nintendo's business policy. Nintendo's policy is purely exclusives and purely in house. And Jim Ryan has made a quote saying that being self-reliant is good in this industry, which he's making trying to make Sony into, which is good because the self-reliant model that's done by Nintendo makes some buko bucks. So I don't see a problem with that. It's like I, I feel like this is and I'll probably gonna get into this maybe later in, in, into the thing, but what Microsoft deems unfair isn't unfair, and what is truly unfair? Like that's the thing. You feel morally it's unfair, or it's unfair that they're like they're doing something. Like unfair, as I suggested earlier, like they're, they're you know Sony and Jim Ryan and they're in their pinstripe suits, kicking down Bethesda and, and, and kicking poor Todd Howard in the knees. Hey, you better give me my, you better give my Skyrim up. You'd be done, capiche? You know, do something like that. <laughs> That's yeah. You, you would, you, you get what I'm saying though. Like yeah, you would have to actually provide evidence of element of unfair coercion that's done by Sony that puts them on top. And then also provide that Nintendo's in-house strategy is also unfair because everything they do is in-house. Well, I mean, Nintendo's strategy is not unfair because, again, they focus on themselves. I mean, but uh, it, they, it becomes yeah. unfair. I mean, how 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 am I going to compete? They can they launch Mario in the summer, and I and, and Mario wins the whole summer. Breath of the Wild <laughs> came out, and there's nothing yeah. to keep it to that. You you see, like the, yeah. the same logic can be applied, and that's the thing I don't like about micro. The thing I don't like about the Microsoft thing is that I don't really kind of care. If they get Activision not, it's the logic they're applying. I think they're doing sounds doesn't sound fair. It sounds like a bunch of like a whiny children complaining about what's unfair, rather than you're also participating in the system. That's the problem I have. It's like you don't have sound logic for what you're doing. You're just it's like wham wham, give me something because the other guys are too good. I'm like, bro, that's not how this works. You would have to prove that they're doing something illegal. 
like illegal legal you know right and and that's not really what uh i mean even the judge mentioned it's not really about whether it's illegal or not it's microsoft has a point but like you said the way they're going about it is not uh the greatest um i mean he he the judge even you know snapped back at uh one of the ftc lawyers oh but act you know if they get call of duty it's gonna be bad well what oh so when sony do- grabs exclusives it's it's not bad so that's the thing is i get right. microsoft's point in that some of these developers are not going to want to work with them because they've always worked with sony or they're not japanese or right which um, is also not, bad, which is all which is also yeah. bad faith by them because yeah. what they're admitting is that they're unwilling to negotiate or create things. The world is much right. bigger than Japan and U.S. We've actually right. found out the data, according to the court cases, that Microsoft is the biggest powerful console in America. This Canada, this Mexico, SNK is, I mean, one of my favorite gaming companies, SNK is super popular in Mexico. Just saying. There's Europe, there's Eastern, well, it's Eastern Europe, there's, well, we can't talk about that country because they're fighting the country. Uh, there's them, there's India, there is Southeast Asia. If you're an anime person, you must have found out recently there's a huge market uh, within the Philippines and Southeast Asia scene. That's why the whole VTuber thing is blown up down there, too. There's all these markets that you're not tapping into. It's like you're focusing on Japan. And, I, and by the way, this is true. Japanese people have weird tastes in games. WarioWare is popular in Japan. Why? I don't know. It's popular. It's okay? weird. <laughs> it's weird. Exactly. So, yeah. And they look at us over here. It's like, oh man, these guys love jumping and shooting and you know, whatever, right? Right. No, and I, I, that's what I hate about that. It's just not. It, it's yeah, it took it took a very long time for that not to be the majority majority thought of what American gamers play. Of well, oh, well all y'all do is play shooters, you know, like that. Well, that was that was mostly because of the Xbox Live era and like the mass marketing. But right. gaming over here has always been like you know, it's, it's always been diverse. I mean, you have people like me who play indies and point click adventure games for god's sake and then right. you give your shooter bros and rpg guys etc etc i just feel like the problem with microsoft is that they're like this is unfair for japan blah blah it's like bro we have a giant world of developers there there a new fighting game is coming out called pocket bravery developed by like a team of guys of brazil and it's really good why have you tapped into the brazilian market why have you tapped in south america mexico that's canada there is southeast asia the philippines there is a whole world besides U.S. and Japan, and you say Europe too, and it makes me show like how small-minded they think about marketing expansion is. That, that that's the thing I'm pointing out. Like that's we have a huge world of gaming, and they think so smallly into like these two, two or three critical areas. I mean, there's uh, I always see the what is it the Xbox South Korea guy complain, and he has the right to complain that they don't even translate uh, a lot of their games into other languages that you see, could, right, I, right, I, right. I want to play their games because right you see you, yeah. you see so yeah. what, you're complaining about me being you're unfair you can't even supply your own basic your own basic um consumers this is why i'm not a fan like microsoft doing this because it's like you know the old saying clean your house where you the windows whatever but it's like i get it you want to expand i definitely think it's your right to expand i'm worried about the effective expansion but that could be discussed you know etc but the way you're going to do expand is this whiny, complaining, nasally way of doing it is bad for you and is bad for the rest of the business because it allows the floor for justification to be cheaper. You can just like, can you imagine like, uh, I'm not going to, this will probably never happen, but Sega's like, when it's unfair that uh, Atlas can't make enough RPGs like Square Enix does, you should give me a, like an extra $10 billion loan bank when sure, buddy, I guess that's the way it is. 
It's just, it's just, it's yeah. But you see how ridiculous right. that is. And I think that the part that makes it so about Microsoft is them, you know, Microsoft. It's like they, their logic and the way they're going about it is very uncouth. It's unsound. And I think that it's there's may, there are many better ways they could have gotten the situation they're in now. At least make it betterly plausible. Oh, and, right. You know, I mean, and, uh, it, oh, god. Sorry. And another, you know, thing that's come up this, I mean, it's been a thing for a while because Baldur's Gate 3, uh, Larian's been very upfront about why there's not an Xbox version and all that stuff. I mean, but now it's kind of come to the forefront because they, they showed the release dates or the up, the up forward release date of the PC version. And then the delayed by a week version of the PS5. And then of course it's brought up the whole, Oh, again, why is there no Xbox version? Why is there no Xbox version? Well, you know, Larian came out and said basically that, it has to do with the whole Microsoft, the Series S and Series X have to have the same uh, components in them. Every time there's a game, there can't be stuff missing from the Series S version. Right, exactly. Uh, and, that, like, and, that, and that's, a, and that's, a, that's a production issue, which can be resolved in many different ways. But that's a production issue. 100%. I So, like, do you think that Microsoft should remove that whole thing and just say, look, this is going to be kind of like the Switch. Like, there's going to be some things that just don't run on it. I mean uh, that but, would be a yeah, that would be a hard oh sorry go ahead go ahead I, I was gonna say no, it's no, a hard go, go, to yeah. fight though or or yeah. is it because that's the system that keeps selling so they have to keep having this they have to have the same thing okay so this is actually my internal thinking of this because this this I saw this debate happen on Twitter a while back and I my honest opinion is that what okay if they decide to say screw it we got to uniform the uh, the Xbox Series right. They would have to bite the bullet and emit like some kind of or resell or some way to get a downgrade or like refund the customer fan base for this, right? That would be right. I don't know if they're willing to do that, but they would have to do something like that. But if they keep it the way it is, they will have to put a priority of which Xbox series is the one they want to be in, in value. It is a soft nudging you have to do the right way. A perfect example of soft nudging would be the the Sony strategy. Sony has always soft nudged their fan base since PS1 all the way to PS5 to get what they want. They were still making games of PS1 until PS2, and then a certain catalyst happened, you got to get a PS2. From PS2 to PS3, et cetera, to 4 and 5, et cetera. They still make games with a former console, but they softly nudge you to get the new one instead of just abandoning the entire uh, former console as Microsoft has done, which is, which is you know, its own strategy in itself. But you definitely, I, I think you'll probably agree that you think if they were able to soft nudge their fan base into or their consumers into getting an upgrade that's a lot better than the situation they're now right i mean and i and it doesn't mean that they have to just i think there's certain games where you're going to have to make the sacrifice and say okay do we just not want this game to come out on xbox series at all right and that's the end just, of the yeah yeah that's the yeah. yeah and i think and, and i think it's like the, the thing with microsoft is up to this point they have always did new console abandon the other one and now they're in a situation where that's too costly. Even Sony's still keeping the PS4, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's like you have to find ways to soft nudge and get your fan base to buy the upgrade through any means rather than the way they're in now. Again, this is this is a lot of business stuff, and it takes a lot to get into that, such as, you know, production, software components, um, dev kits, the whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean, that's something that they're going to have to – figure out themselves of saying, okay, look, we'll sell this to you, but it's not going to have split split screen co-op on series S and you got to make that very apparent to anybody that has a series S that. And then you, and then you yeah, say yeah. like, 
And the thing too is that like what components you consider giveable or ungivable to the one to the other, right? Which is you know right. a whole different argument, right? It's like yeah, like you know we got Diet Coke at home and it's 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 Dr. Pip, you know, like that's not happening, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, and so it's like I feel like there is um a lot of technological space for it as well as also again we go back I'll go back to indie devs. Indie devs will probably have to make a harder just that'll be a harder cost on them. Because they have to choose between because dev kits don't come cheap, all right. Let's just call right. that spade a spade. So you know, there's a reason why they're more prevalent PC. But it's like they have to like make a decision to like get a kit and then promote their game to the best platform with the most sales. If the weaker platform has the most sales, then they're probably going to commit to that. I mean, yeah, that, that's what I was going to bring up is that they're pushing the Series S as the Game Pass machine. It's very hard for them to be like, oh, but yeah, there's going to be this game that you can't play on it at least with your friends anyway. And and then like you start allowing it one time, so you keep allowing it for other games too. And then it becomes like, you have to make a whole list of thing, of, of modes and things you can't play if you bought a Series S. And I think that's what they're trying to avoid. And they're just saying, look, there's this, this one game that unfortunately, it just will come out whenever it comes out. If Larian can ever figure out how to get it to work on both, or do they just decide that, Hey, if you can't get it to work on both, then forget it. We just release it without. Uh, I don't know if they make a Game Pass deal with them to say, okay, because of the lost revenue that you think you might have, if you release it without the split screen co-op, here we'll pay you extra money. Just go ahead and release it without that or whatever. Like they had to do with right. Halo, right? Microsoft right. doesn't okay. say that's what it is, but that's what it is that they couldn't oh, get split screen co-op to work on Xbox One and series s so they said ah screw it we're not even going to release split screen co-op at all and, right and that and yeah. the sad part about it is that that when you do things like that or if that is if that ends up being the case with the developer they're eating a social blow because of that right be yeah because like, the, the nastiness is going to come from them saying oh yeah it's on xbox but sorry it's not going to have this Oh my God, the crap that's going to come after that. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and this is a situation where, you know, it goes back to Jim Ryan saying that the value destruction of Game Pass is real. Not only just physical monetary, as I described earlier, is also a social repercussion for them, which is, again, like it is value destructive to some period of cosmetic level. Like, yes, the consumer gets a value from it, but the consumer also gets a value for buying big, like 12 bag of chips from you know, Costco or whatever, right? But it's right. like, what is the real value from it, you know? And it's like, that's kind of the problem. Like, and the only thing is that Microsoft will have to do, again, it, it's, again, the value destruction mostly comes from the fact is the social ability from taking the norm from it, lowering the idea of cost of games to people's heads. And in this in this case, all it could be the developer taking a blowback because Xbox owns them and says, hey, um, the Game Pass version will be the slightly inferior version compared to the version that we want to promote. And it, it's, it's a very, it's a very, very, like, not a good thing. This is... Like it's just, it makes me sigh in relief because it's like there are so many ways they could do this better, and it's like, oh, this hurts. I, so what? It, okay, that that was gonna be a question of you know you're saying it's like what what is a way that they could do it where it's not value destructive? Value destructive would yeah. actually be that the Xbox Game Pass works like I would say PlayStation Plus or some other online subscription, but all the games there are value are uh, valued. Like you would have to, you have to probably go backwards a bit. So, Xbox Game Pass to make it on value destructive. One, mm -hmm. as I mentioned earlier, the algorithm 
for people finding games or games they want to play, etc., has to be guided by the user into it. Basically, like the Steam algorithm. Um, a perfect example is if you boot up Steam right now and I boot up Steam right now, and we look at games recommended for us, we'll see two different things. This is, we can be able to test that, right? Yeah, we'll see right. two different things. That that that's the first step. Second step for them to actually make money is you know stop being Microsoft. I know I'm just kidding, not really. Um, so second step would be. <laughs> That they had to have better pay. I was better pay across the board, but that's a whole that's internal monetary situation. They also would have to make sure that they run concurrent. I would say, I would say that the they would have to create. I was a two a two. They actually have a two-tier system: Game Pass and Ultimate Pass, right? Right. You would have to make that Ultimate Pass has the higher end indie games, and Game Pass has the generic indie games. So basically. If you're paying, uh, let's say, normal Game Pass is uh, $9.99. I think it's like $14, but I think it's like $9.99, right? Well, it's it went up to, I think, $11 now. So. $11 now. Oh, boy. So yeah. games under the 12, indie games are under the $12.13 mark, all go there. Ultimate Pass, you get that, and the higher-end indie game, or the higher-end games within that price point. So that what you pay for, regardless of the games you pay per month or play, you're getting the value that it's worth, and it's equal one-to-one. That's the best I can say you could do for it. For AAA games on it, that's a whole like nine hour argument because then you have to like, I don't think you should make a tier three game pass because that's at that point just buy the game. But that's the first two steps for from an indie standpoint, because I'm an indie guy. That's what I care about. Like AAA yeah. games, it's 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 really, and again, backroom deal between develop those guys and them shaking hands. Yeah, I mean, and again, that's why we haven't seen I that's that's one of the reasons also why Microsoft is trying to do all of this is because the amount of money that they have to pay to get a big third-party game on Game Pass is starting to become not worth it for them and also for that developer because it doesn't matter how much money Microsoft gives, there is so much money that they lose from not from basically nobody buys, not nobody, but a lot of people choose not to buy it on Xbox because it's on Game Pass. Right, right and, that's so, and the thing is that they have to pay their too much money to convince them to the value destruction point earlier to be on them. It's like, I want Game Pass, yeah. man. I mean, people, like, there's, it's not going to help me. I'd rather just sell it in the open market. So, yeah, yeah. for them, the whole uh, getting, say, 30,000 or 30, whatever many million active users right. for that game for a week doesn't really do them anything if nobody buys anything from it. Like, especially the right. single-player-only ones. Now, like... Uh, outriders or some other multiplayer first games that have been on there it actually does help them because you're trying to get the most people playing as as much as possible but that's also why sony is is doing their thing with getting all these same games and services because oh well we can put those on pc day and day and get a bunch of players or whatever uh i don't know about if them putting it on ps plus if they're going to do that or not but that's a whole different can of worms. The problem is most of the games that people want that they keep clamming for, I went on Game Pass or the big third parties that are just not going to come. So Microsoft well, says, that, and, and, but yeah. that, that's a business. That's a business situation. That's a Microsoft issue. Literally, like right. you could be mean, say skill issue, but that's on them. But it's like that's kind of the thing. No, no developer within <sighs> the triple, <clears throat> the triple A or double the I would say even double A, but even the triple A space will ever use it. That's that, and that's why Jim Ryan's right in that degree because it's like I, you have to give me, like, let's just say, oh, uh, let me look at, the, let me think of this. What are the sale? The sale? You probably know about this. The sale numbers for FF sixteen, like three million on on the first three first days week. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, three million the first three days. 
how so if i if i if i was a good old mr uh good old phil spencer and you're square enix i paid you three million is that going to cover the lifetime of a game no you yeah. now you now you see the value destruction argument. It's real, right. man. And, and even if it's you get paid a percentage for the amount of people that download the game, or right? Whatever, right. Percentage, like, percentage per the, download. The, that yeah. number could be changed, like Netflix for, for active yeah, users. Or, active, uh, yeah. Look at the amount of uh, artists that complain about how much they get paid on Spotify per whatever download or you know exactly. It, no, a hundred percent, my guy. And it's that's the thing. It's like you would they would of course oh I can't believe they paid the money. Of course you have to pay the money, dip. Of course, yeah, duh. Like, this, <laughs> like you have because you're paying them for a lifetime. Like they, the thing is, like the reason why it works for indie developers because indie developers, no offense, I love them all, the great guys. They need to get cash in the in the car so they can start continuing their projects so they can grow bigger, right, right? right? So they're willing to take this. But other people are like, are you out of your mind? This is you for a life. Three million dollars for one lifetime? Like I could sell this. Like you think Sega? Like oh god, you know, Yakuza. Like oh god, Yakuza Seven sold well. Yakuza Eight's gonna sell well. Gaiden Eight's gonna sell well. It's like yeah, I'll take the ten million. I'll take the you know three say eight five million dollars. No, it's gonna make money throughout his entire lifetime. And it's not like Microsoft is gonna do a renewing deal that says we're gonna pay you uh three million dollars every year to keep it on Game Pass or something, right? They're not gonna do that because that, yeah. that that'll make them lose money. Right. I, I mean. I think Yakuza is a different case because uh, they actually took them off Game Pass and they paid to put them back on again. So yeah, exactly. Like, well, you know, it, like the that's a series that actually has benefited from Game Pass as far as like, and, and the, as I said the story before, yeah. it benefited from the internet and and Sony, but mostly yeah. the internet. Right. No, but, I agree from the start. Like Yakuza Zero blew it up. Let's that's not that. There's nothing that can uh, change that. I'm talking about just from they put them on Xbox basically knowing that those games are going to basically go into game pass remember some of these games weren't even on game pass on xbox to begin with right so yeah they got they got yeah they got they, like, got, they got the one they got basically got money to say okay please port this game over to xbox and put it on game pass or whatever right, like, right. but that's a unique thing because they have such a good deal with each other right mm. like sega and xbox have this like working relationship that kind of Kind of like Square and 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 Sony, like well, they they kind Sega of play, Sega plays ball with everyone. Literally, they play right. ball with everyone. They do, but I'm just saying, like it seems like they they like Microsoft in a way that a lot of the other developers don't, uh, or want to play with them in that way of like, sure, no, we'll no, take no, Game no. Pass, right? But it's not going to go. Uh, so like Yakuza Eight is not going to go on Game Pass Day One. It's going to show up six months later or whatever and 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 they'll get their fun of being in there get more people playing whatever but they're definitely going to test the market of how many people are actually going to buy this now uh now that you've had all these other games on game pass are you going to now buy this day one box right that'll be the ultimate show of does this actually work but uh to kind of wrap it up as far as the whole uh this thing now we're kind of just waiting on the decision right the decision that's going to determine whether or not this thing continues because Bobby Kotick said it himself that if the FTC grants the injunction, which would basically put this past the July 18th deadline, they are not going to renew. They are walking. That's it. It's over. And there's no way they're going to close. I mean, they may decide to close anyway, but that's, there's no way they're going to take this without the U S uh, they can do without the UK, but they can't do without the U S the so, U S approval. Yeah. Cause you know, yeah. We- 
So do you think that – how do you think this is going to go down? Do you think that the injection is going to happen? Or you think it, personally, yeah. I doesn't mean diddle to me, but I think it will – okay, so will it go down, down? Let's see. So I think it probably will go down only because, you know, Microsoft's good at crying. But on a very serious note, I hope it doesn't go down simply because of the discussion we're having here. Like, if any other acquisition was happening, this wouldn't really be a case. Not because they're Microsoft. It's because other company acquisitions don't get into the situation. Sega acquired Atlas. That didn't happen as much. Square Enix and Squaresoft made a merger. They merged each other. Like, they're, they're brothers now. Good times. I feel like Microsoft's acquisition hunger is going to be very dangerous in, in that degree. And that's the part that scares me the most about it. So it's like... It'll probably because you know we're America, we always you know do stuff. But I feel like it's if it's probably gonna go through. Maybe if it doesn't go through, you know, phrase Leah. But if it goes through, then the second wave of arguments and say should be down the line, because it's like they keep saying we promise, we promise, we promise, and then you know we've seen how they reacted to everything in the, in the nutshell. So it's like, mm, like so that, that's I, just how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I personally don't like. I, I think I've said this on the podcast too, but I. I worry about it because it, it is going to start a chain react. Right. And if, the if is this it, happens, it, it's going to it's gonna it's gonna cause Sony is gonna start looking at who do we acquire now. Not right? really. And, that, that's gonna oh that will happen, but it will also begin the my biggest fear too, the salt the simplification of gaming, make it more mon- yeah. monopolistic. And this strategy was done before in the past. I think I mentioned in the previous podcast. I'm not sure it was EA done did by that a EA. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. EA and EA crumbled because of this, so it doesn't work. Like, just yeah. let it be, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, just let don't don't do it, please, please. I'm begging you, don't do this. We have, I have yeah. A, I have a e- even if it's split between like let's say five companies, it's still gonna be a problem because look what already happened to Embracer. Exactly. And all it takes is for one wrong thing to happen, right? I mean, you can say what you want about oh Microsoft's too big to fail. Or whatever, but no, no one's too big. No one's too big to fail, man. No one is. Yeah, they said it themselves that Xbox is a company within Microsoft. So if it ever got to the point where, let's say, Microsoft goes through another spell where a lot of this stuff doesn't hit, like it looks like they're finally getting the dominoes on a row. Twenty twenty four is going to be the year where a lot of these games are going to come out that they've been working on for a while. Let's say a lot of these these are kind of just they come out and. None of them really become these these big talking points outside of Starfield. I don't think Microsoft's yeah. going to keep going, oh, yeah, we need to acquire more. They're going to look at it and go, yo, yeah, we gave be- you a lot of time, and none of this stuff is, is oh, no. getting what we oh, want. You know? 100%. And even Starfield's yeah. his own issues with the NVIDIA thing and everything, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, look, man. But, yeah, it's like there's only so much, there's only so much you can, like, roll through. And, and that's the thing, right? I think, in my opinion – like some people believe, well, Microsoft should be a service company. Microsoft is a service company. Their main branch, the one that sells the office and the system we're using now, that is yeah. a service company. Like convert that to gaming, that's a whole different thing. Then you'll be competing with the other guy, you know, my favorite man, Gabe Newell, you know, the, the master of the Steam sale. Right. Yeah, you can't yeah. compete with Gabe Newell. Yeah. Which hey, that's going on right. Uh, that's going on right now. If you uh, yeah, it's some good uh, stuff, man. Hell, even yeah. selling a Steam Deck on sale. You know, I'm, I might I might even get on that. I need a Steam Deck, but but in a, but it, but in a very but in a very uh, serious situation, right? It's um, it's like 
I do believe this next year will be the breaking point for Microsoft and like whatever people feel about it or whatever is that if all their games are coming out, all most of the projects they're working on is happening, right? Can they solidify themselves in a position to make the good stuff? Can they right. can they win over the markets? Can they expand to new markets we discussed before? Can they change the that we we discussed, such as you know the Xbox Game Pass being more accessible to user interface with better recommendations for people who mm -hmm. play certain types of games? Can they find a way to create a tier system um, to value to create better value for the games within there? Like you know tier one normal and tier ultimate get both things like that. These this is this is this is the hard times for them. And every every gaming company has went through hard times and things came out of it. Nintendo's hard times was GameCube all the way through Wii U. And with that hard times, they learned to make the Switch, if not the most successful Nintendo console since, I could say, Super Nintendo. Um, they Sony's hard time was PS3, and then the era of the PS4 happened. Hard times. They learned the mistakes of if we over-appeal to the West and don't have online capability, we're going to be left in the dust. That happened. So this is Microsoft's hard times. And hard time blues are coming through. And if they don't learn anything from this, there'll just be another what happened video by Matt McMuscles. I mean that. It would be what happened. Yeah, you're not I mean, yeah, they they're in that tough decision, you know, situation whether they get this or not. Obviously, they want this to be able to kind of leapfrog a lot of that uh hard times that you're talking about. They want to kind of thrust themselves into the forefront now. Hey, we got the biggest freaking game in all of gaming on our Game Pass day one. What are you gonna do? You're gonna pay your $17 a month, or are you gonna pay uh 70 bucks to own it on your PlayStation? What you know, that's the thing, and and I do think it's gonna go through because I do think they did a good enough job, and the FTC did a stupid enough job of really not proving why this is dangerous to the consumer. Well, uh, it's, it's, the thing is know. like the FTC, the FTC is a funny duddy, it's, it's it's what it is, it's it's it, they are door. The, the Microsoft case, like, like we broke it down. They, they, they made some really, really bad, like, choosing argument, decision, whatever. But the only thing that we learned from Microsoft is that they're in, like you said earlier, they're in hard times. And hard times is making people do some crazy stuff. So, yeah. So, I don't know what they're going to be at. Maybe we should try expanding to the rest of the planet. You know, there's more people in the U.S. and Japan just saying, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's true. We'll see what goes down on Wednesday or Thursday whenever the judge makes the decision. Uh, and then obviously, you know, next week when this show's on again, we'll, we'll see who was right on that. I'm sure that will be an explosion on the timeline when it happens if we don't reach our character limit by the time uh, we oh, get yeah, there. No, not the, rate, the, the, rate, uh, the, the Yeah, the limit. The, the view, view limit. limit yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the rate limit. limit. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Elon. You're the best. <laughs> I swear. And, and by the way, I love Twitter for many reasons. Indie yeah. devs, my art stuff, um, manga. I love networking. Finding out new it, yeah. Yeah. If that dies, I'll be upset. And the sad part is, I'm considering like making a Tumblr to to go on because yeah. I know that. All, and it's sad all, because like the all, the best alternative is still in like beta invite form. So what was the alternative? Yeah. What blue uh, sky? Blue sky. Yeah, that's that's the that's the one everybody's going to that I keep seeing on my timeline. Uh, I guess Hive is also the other one. Uh, 
So, but those are like nowhere near, I guess, Mastodon as well. But that thing's on Mastodon, yeah. Mastodon reminds me yeah. of like old, of old programmer, old, old programmer <sighs> websites from the, that from thing the 80s. feels like a forum thing because you have to be on like different servers depending on where you want to be. And that seems kind of very counterproductive to what Twitter is, where we're like all on the same thing. That, 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 that is exactly, yeah, that's exactly. But it's, it's like one of those professional, old school professional development kind of websites kind of thing. But yeah. Oh man! Speaking of which, man, uh, if you don't got anything, I think I thought you wanted to ask me some cool questions about, like, about you know. Yes, I do. Uh, we we got into this, and I uh, definitely we're gonna get into that right now before I, we get into the rest of the stuff. Just kind of wanted to get that that stuff out of the way there, just in case you know we got any new people or whatever. But so you know, I always like to kind of every time we have a first time guest, which you've been on technically. Technically, through, like a through, E3 2021, like round table thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, was, um, yeah. But that's like way back in the day. There's probably a lot of people that don't even remember that I did, you know, we did that for like a week or so. Um, yeah. So like kind of in a getting to know you sort of way, how like have you always been a, you know, gamer from the beginning? Did you have somebody that kind of got you into games? Did you have like a first I've... console that you played? I've been a gamer since uh, since I was like about five, six years old. Um, okay. My first console was a regular regular NES Nintendo, the regular Nintendo, and I got it through my old man. My father wanted me to play games, and it was from then on. Uh, and I've been playing games with him throughout the ending. He was because of him I got through Virtual Fighter, Point Click Adventure games because you know he wanted to learn English and help me learn English, etc. It was a really good time, and I've played I played almost every console. Up to modern era, so I played game. I played NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. I didn't have a Sega CD, but I played Sega Saturn because there was really no difference. Um, Nintendo sixty four, PlayStation one, Xbox three sixty. The best day of my life, you know. I love that commercial. It's my favorite commercial ever. Did I? They need to bring that energy. That is when Microsoft was fun, and they need to bring that energy. And who was responsible? They need to bring that. That that's my thing. Um, I had a PS one, PS two, PS three, PS four. My brother has a PS five. I play at his house. Um, I've been on PC, but I'm mostly game. Like, if you want to like, it's I'm mostly game on PC now. Like, I've been moving a little away from PS4, but you know, I'm mostly on PC now because all my indie games are here. Oh, and I oh Switch as well. I played. I I gave up Nintendo GameCube was the worst experience in my life because there's only no games for it at the time where other people were making games. So like GameCube was like three like doesn't ten games. So it was good and play it. So it's like. GameCube, and then the Wii. I did not like the Wii. I think motion controls video games are not fun. That's just not my jam. And I gave up on it, and then Switch came around, and Switch was okay. And the Switch is fine. But yeah, I went through Nintendo's dark era, and it's like watching young people like, Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo number one. Like, bro, what are you talking about? Nintendo has some dark times. What are you talking about? This yeah. is how you know I'm old now. Like, holy snap, revisionism is real. Yeah, just because everybody and their grandma was playing the Wii doesn't mean that we were in the amazing times <laughs> there, yeah. but... As far as like you know the games that came out and everything, um, but yeah, and y- you kind of answered all all of my uh, questions for that. But you know, I I know you love your fighting games. Um, yeah, I'm up there. On the, I grew up with them. That was the arcade days, man. Uh, I mean, what are you, what are you, I guess some of your favorite uh, fighting games? I know you play a lot of King of Fighters now, but yeah, KOF, um, Samurai Showdown. I love Arcs and Fighters. Those are my favorite, but other genres I enjoy. I enjoy roguelikes. I enjoy platformers. I enjoy point-click adventure games or visual, visual point-click adventure games. I enjoy RPGs a lot. You may have heard me joke on the YouTube channel, like play Tactics Ogre. I know a lot about RPGs, way too many. I, I grinded all of them into oblivion to a point that 
Um, I I know like when people are BSing, like someone's like someone said, oh, you know, I didn't. Oh man, like uh, there was this horrible. Uh, this is probably gonna get to your, your second question because I know you want to you want to ask me if I ever read gaming magazines as a kid, and I did. Um, there was this magazine called EGM. And at the time, yeah. they did a review for Dragon Quest V for PlayStation 1. And they were comparing, oh, it's just so crap. It's so it's so slow. Like, freaking Chrono uh, Chrono Cross was like, it was a Chrono Cross. Oh, Xenogears. So Xenogears is faster and better. And me, who plays Xenogears and beat it, like, religiously as a, as a teenager. Like, no, Xenogears is just as slow. Maybe even slower than Dragon Quest. What are you talking about? And this is how I know that this guy was told the game was good. And there were no stuff behind it, which, you know, no brain cells here. And, and empty. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, well, yeah, sometimes because you had to get a, a game out or a review out for the the very early edition of the the magazine, the way that they got information was was best. accurate. Um, yeah, yeah. No, and, and the the sad part about it too is like um, a little off topic ish is that when Yoshi P made a couple of months ago talk about how the West is biased towards RPGs and games he made because he hated the term JRPG, which he's right by the way. All the older Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. In RPG games, were made off D and D and Western aesthetics. None of it was purely Japanese until you think of right. Final Fantasy VII. But even then, Final Fantasy VII, eight and nine are with Western aesthetics. We the one who yeah. do Japanese on it because we didn't like. Resp- and he's like he was right in that regard. So it's like yeah. And then oh, lo and behold, what happened? It was just way early in the podcast. You're like, oh man, I can't believe Final Fantasy is turn based anymore. It's what are you talking about? Like, you don't play RPGs, do you? Like, there's still way more out there. And you could play the older Final Fantasy games that are still turn-based. They're not giving up on turn-based. It still exists. They have the whole plethora. Yeah, they just had Octopath Traveler 2 come out this year, one of the best games of this year. I mean, Yeah, so it's like, uh-uh. yeah, it's like, uh-uh, you know? It's one of those. So it's like, I always hate that. But, yeah, but my favorite genres, it's like, I love platformers. I love point of adventure games. I love fighting games. I love roguelikes now. That's really changed how I look at game design and everything because roguelikes have taught me what is balanced and what is unbalanced or how balancing games work. Would you like to hear about like the difference between um, Hades and Enter the Gungeon? Why not? Sure. So in Enter the Gungeon, when you use the uh, premium money to unlock weapons and abilities, they get thrown into the dungeon, into the pool of items you get, which dilutes the pool, making it, your car runs actually harder to win. Right, Enter the Gungeon is a much harder game because rogue, a good roguelike or roguelite, in my opinion, is that your base skills can win the game. Meaning that if you're, if you don't roll lucky for items or abilities or things, your base skills can still take you to the end. Hades, that's done very well. Even if you roll all the weakest gods or weakest effects or choose bad on purpose, you can still beat Hades in the end because the basic ability of your character and the skills they have is just enough. Like, I remember people saying in the early uh, Axis days when I was blowing speed running and playing Hades that Aphrodite is weak. I don't think Aphrodite is weak. She has a good combo ability. She's something that adds something else. But I was able to win with Aphrodite. Aphrodite can only weaken the opponent, but that's just enough to win. Even when Aphrodite was considered the weakest quotation mark at the time, you could still win the game. And it's sort of Gungeon. If you don't get a powerful, like, burst weapon or uh, an ability that helps deter damage, you're probably going to have a, you're gonna have a hard time. And by you by you going to the shop and adding more items to the pool, you can put in your head thinking it now. I'm diluting my chances of winning because I'm praying I'll get these items. It is not like you put an item in and you could choose to remove an item out. So you can have your chances of winning go up. That doesn't happen. While in Hades, 
All the choices you make to get powered up are relative to your power skill, and there's tons of ways to gain power courses through palms and boons and other upgrades. So Hades, good balance design, Rants of the Gungeon, a fun game, balance design is very more difficult. It's much more unfair in that degree. So by playing Roblox, I have a much more understanding of like balance design in, car in games like that. Hell, even in card games. So it's really good. Like, because I always have like a, a love of balance design and game design games. Like, why does this happen? Why do we do that? And that's been my uh, my change since I've been playing roguelikes, something more about things like that. Yeah, I'm still kind of coming around to roguelikes, but card games, totally there with you. I've, I like, you know, Slay the Spire. I, I play Marvel Snap. Like every day, so Marvel, oh god, Ben uh, Broad makes good card games. He used to work on Hearthstone. Yeah. He makes good card games. I used to love Hearthstone when it first started. Then it became like it was the too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, while, that, that, that's that's where I remember yeah. Ben Broad left. Yeah, but he makes it. Slate Aspire is fun. There's other card games I recommend. Uh, Power Court is really fun if you like that. I would recommend it. it's pretty fun. Uh, it's on probably on sale on Steam right now. Power Court is a really fun rogue uh, card rogue like this one is based on a party system where you have four party members you build. Each of them have their own combo abilities or abilities together, and you put it together like a really cool deck. As I mentioned earlier, I'm really loving um, Son Osunim, uh, Winter Othros. Uh, she's a new character. I'm really loving her because she, whatchamacallit, she has a, she's a two-form character, so you play her stances, and then you can figure out what you want to do with her. I think that's cool. You have a character like Ember, who's a DPS character, but she has a, a huge draw side. Every card you play with her adds heat. Heat increases the damage. If you get too much heat, you get overheat. If you have overheat, that does damage to the player. So to prevent overheat, you might play cards that uh, remove overheat, or you have the cards that remove at vapor charge to protect you from overheat. It's a really cool mechanic. Like if you like Slate Aspire, I think you also like Power Forward. It's a really fun game. Uh, I have to try it out then uh, for sure. No, it, no, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you got no. You got any other other questions, gaming? Because I can go on tangents. I really <laughs> love video games. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, you definitely do. Um, and, and I love that. I love having, having people on that, uh, love video games, you know? So that being said, you know, if you've gone from playing games to now you create content about games, like what made you kind of want to do that? Obviously you've been with Outer Haven for a while. Like, so. Uh, yeah. So what made me want to do that is around, I would say the early 2010 is I realized like there wasn't a space for people who like games that I like or play games that I play. And I started making content about that. And I wanted to get better and better, and here I am now. I really wanted to, like, do that because I feel like gaming world is just bigger than FF14 and Microsoft business transactions. And there's so many developers out on the planet making games. As I mentioned, you know, Pocket Bravery, a new fighting game from developers in Brazil. And there is, uh, there's, like, another developer. There's tons of developers out in the East making these really interesting games and whatnot. And it's, like, it's a big world a lot of games try something new and i want to like facilitate people trying and learning about new games this is always something new to play i think it's really cool like recently i've heard people do, like yo i like go like oh i don't like um borderlands anymore right which is fair but after borderlands 3 it has been a rough ride okay <laughs> yeah so i was like what are other games with, like borderlands that's fun besides there, there's you know more co-op shooters and i'm like oh gunfire reborn it's a roguelike and a co-op shooter that's really fun. People could try that. And there's like, and I'm playing it a lot lately, so it's really fun. I got the DLC everything. So it's like my thing is that I want to make like put more game in gaming space and get let me get people to things that I like and maybe have a conversation with them about it in the ways. That's got me into like being from a gamer to a content creator about gaming. Cause I really do like 
indie games. I like the games I play, and I want more people to know about them because not a lot of people know about the games I play. Like, like I'll be honest with you, you just heard about Power Chord like today, and I've been playing right. Power Chord for like six months. <laughs> but hey, see, that's the point though. Like, you got you Man, you got me into wanting to play this. So imagine you can get more people that, that no, haven't no, that, watched that, that, to play it. No, that's that's the whole and that, that's the whole thing. Why I, I stream and do stuff like that, and that just pretty much it. I want to like help put more knowledge in the space and help people have other options outside of getting mad at AAA game not being their AAA game. And I'm like, just play. And I do this. Just play something else. If you yeah. think if you don't like Pokemon anymore because Scarlet and Violet's bad, play Cassette Beast. That's yes, a good game. Play Cassette Beast. Play, yeah, play Shimagama Tetsu. There's a play Temtem. These are other games that do the same thing. Please try other games out. And that's the thing I hate that that, that, that internal laziness that comes from these people. Like, like there are other games out there. Just try them. Here's here's try them out. Some people playing them. Try it. Yeah, because I mean, we gotta understand that no matter how much we want, sometimes that franchise to be the thing. It may never be the thing that you want it to be because oh yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's oh it's moved across the way like you know and and God never say that to a Sonic fan because they, they they hate the Sonic fans because they hate Sonics but it's <laughs> like like guys I get it you have some weird hatred that you don't like Sonic anymore this is other platformers could play out there Freedom Planet's pretty good it's a speed platformer mm -hmm. try that out but no they would do a whole bunch of things so just try other games it, it ain't gonna hurt. And with you know Xbox Game Pass, you may give it if you already have one. You give it's nothing to you. You know, it, it's it's it is what it is from there. I just feel like just 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 try something new. It's not going to hurt anybody. No one's going to lose a finger. You can and then learn about yourself, like what you like and dislike about stories. Yeah, uh, that's the thing is there is so much, so many games out there all the time on whatever platform you have. I bet you can find a game like what you like. It just won't be insert franchise here it'll be called something else but it'll have a lot of the same mechanics or be inspired by that game and it'll still be awesome you just kind of got to get out of that mind frame of it has to be this this guy right? yeah. like it like it's that whole thing of uh the whole oh fine this is why this is not a final fantasy game or whatever like oh well it's not like this it's like well the developers said this is a final fantasy game yeah like what do you it is it's and so yeah, but yeah, what are you talking yeah, about? Buddy? Like, it's this Final Fantasy, yeah, you know, like I, I don't know what I, oh, we didn't have this, didn't have that. Well, you know, there's other games that do have that, yeah, right? Like they just hey, oh, as I said, they, Trails of Reverie, you like turn based RPGs right there. This yeah. way, the Madness Fly by Where It's Deployed, there's tons of them out there, dude. And if you play one, there's like what, like 10 of them that you can go dig into after that, like it's yeah, there's, there's a mean, whole, there's a whole, uh, when we say a whole franchise. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like be willing to try anything. I, look, I get it that we all have our favorite franchises. Okay, let's say that you're not like the hardest of hardcore gamer, and you don't have time to try everything on, you know, under the sun or whatever. But yo, sometimes that's that's what you got to do to to get that pill. That's what you want. Or you know what? Right. And maybe play a different genre. I don't know. That's that's. Oh yeah, try something to... exactly. Yeah, like, uh, you like... know, I'm still I'm still here praying that Konami give me Swigget and Six. I ain't happening, but <laughs> still waiting for that. But no. Well, uh, you'll get the wait, remaster wait, wait, wait. of two, right? Or what? So. Yeah, remaster of two. Yeah, I mean the the, the the people who made it are making their own game. I forgot. I, I, I kickstarted it as well. Uh, Ecridian Chronicles. I bought the action. I bought the. I the I, first... the I Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Chronicles. Yeah, I purchased. Yeah. yeah, I purchased the first one. They got a. They work still working on the other one, but it's like yeah, you know. It's something to do. Like, 
back in the like back in like during my uh this is this person my edgy days i was like i would say f nintendo screw them they'll make games for me anymore blah blah, blah. but like, older i got and it's like i still enjoy nintendo right. i just i'm not a fan of business practices but they still make good games i still think tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild are really good games i still think they're you know the remastery of advanced wars is one of the funniest things I've ever played but it's like yeah sometimes you could just walk away as an adult and that's not for you anymore and that's the thing like I used to love Halo. I think Halo 2 and 3 are mm-hmm. chef's kiss. Yeah, I'm the same here. Uh, every game at this dog shit. I'm not even funny. It's just dog shit. I mean, Four, I really liked Halo Infinite's like, single player. I just didn't... I kind of felt like there it, it didn't have the same feeling in the story that I got from the other games uh you know it just it just, sucks, some, it just feels yeah. off i feel like yeah i feel like this is the perfect example of like you know someone else should do it but 343 is a whole can of worms but it's like yeah it's like I, like it just went downhill for me and it's like that's it and i'm and by the way do i go around on twitter and like taylor man it took my dad for me you know i've been the war they broke in my house it's still my computer no it's over i don't play halo anymore it's not my jam yeah modern halo doesn't do it for me that's it that's all you have yeah. to do sometimes. Just walk away. Right. I don't have, I, I don't want to. It, yeah, as hard as it is, right? Because it might be your favorite franchise or whatever, but. Yeah. Just, you know? just, yeah. No, 100%. <sighs> I'll say. Yeah. And it's like, bro, and that's the part in my opinion, gaming growing up, whatever, it's like, it's okay, but don't ruin experience for other people. Like, there are people in the right. D, in D4 community that hate D4 because it's not D2. And like, D2 is I, more I, that's That's the one type of person that I cannot stand is the one that you'll go and say, oh man, I love this game. Here they go. Oh, this game sucks. Oh, like, uh, come on, man. Like, come on, man. I'm right here. Yo, it, there are so many other things that you can be doing right now that's not hating yeah, yeah. on somebody enjoying them. Right. Like, I think about like, and the thing is like when, when they say like, oh, D2 had skill. Um, D two, you were spamming two, three skills. Almost sometimes certain builds in Diablo four. Okay, don't 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 talk about skill. All right, this is Diablo. Mm-hmm. Diablo is all about how well you manage your cooldowns and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's like, come on, guys, don't don't lie to me. Come on, stop. No. But it's um, it's it's one it's one of those. It's one of those, and it, it's it makes me ups- it makes me upset because it's like it's like you don't. I'll put it nicely. You don't you don't want to like I don't be edgy. Like like yo, you could just let it go. It's okay. Right. It's perfectly fine. Like. One of my fa- one of my fa- one of my favorite uh yeah I, like I said Halo I love it Gears of War I walked away from after the ending of three I just can't play Gears of War anymore man that's it I'm done that ending is too much for me man I can't do it no more it's not happening can't do it yeah I mean you, you, you I mean spoilers this game's over they killed Dom I'm out that's it I'm out see you guys you killed Dom <laughs> I'm out of here that was my boy yeah. you can't be killing my boy like that man spoilers to a very old game you know. That I'm sure you'll get spoiled for you pretty quick if you actually try to go find out about to. the game anyway. So right, right. Um, but that, that, that's the thing, though. I, I feel like the older you get, your taste get more fine. Things change, and it's okay to right. walk away from a genre, but don't ruin the experience of other people. There are tons of people who enjoy this stuff in different ways. Like uh, a true story, right? I'll, 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 before you get to your question, because I'm going to talk about. It. Do you know that there are tons and tons of Sonic fans that enjoy Sonic because of the the comic book by IDW? And other the TV show and franchises, and they enjoy Sonic through that, and them liking Sonic Frontiers or Sonic Prime the TV show because it reflects the content they like already. What's wrong with that? They're new fans. I mean, they're liking the series. That's great. That's what you should be happy about—the fact that all these new people like Sonic, not that. Oh man, you're not liking the right Sonic, so that's wrong. Bing, yeah, exactly. Bingo. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. But yeah, that, that's how I feel about it. I feel like. A lot more people should be grateful that people like the thing they like. If you don't like it anymore, just walk away. Don't cause harm to people unless that game really, really, really sucks. Like, 
like Redfall pro, uh, pre-patch. That game was just yeah. awful. Or uh, Never Dead. Never. Oh, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. We're, we're trying to run a. We're, you're trying to run a family-friendly podcast here. Come on. <laughs> oh, I had to review that game. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so that was an era when you actually really had really, really bad games that would come out on a console, and you had to, you know. So that's the thing. People should be really. That's one of the things I will say. Uh, you know, getting to the que- my last question I have for you is, is that. I feel like I'm I'm ex- I'm always excited about games today because we're never going to go back to the days where we really got some terribly atrocious games. Almost every game that comes out now they have to be fundamentally good because if you don't buy it or you're not interested in it, that studio's probably going to go away, especially for indie studios. So like they can't just put out a game like that. And, yeah, um, yeah, that. So like for you, like what is I, I think you kind of already talked about it, like just having so many indie games or whatever that you can play now. But when you look at like I guess where gaming is now compared to when we were growing up, like what is that thing about gaming that stands out to you that like man, this is why I love it? I think I love it because the amount of people who make games and enjoy it and the I guess the space we have. We're in, we're in such a great franchise that you can be a retro gamer and still have a good enough and still enjoy yourself and also be a modern mm-hmm. gamer and enjoy yourself. The diversity of gaming has been great from people who make it, the characters to sell the storytelling. It's great. That's what we love about gaming. I think gaming where it's at now is, is good. It'll be better. The only thing we, we have to worry about gaming is the businesses that make the decision for it. And, you know, go back to Microsoft, regardless if you're anti for Microsoft, this is a very big deal and could be scary for many people. And we have to hope right. the best happens. Yeah, well, uh, you know, like I said, the time will come very quickly for what's going to happen with that and how that will affect, you know, gaming going forward after that. Because Microsoft's not done acquiring and Sony will not be done acquiring. And will this force Nintendo to get involved in the acquiring game as well? I doubt it. They already had their own internal thing. My my thing is that what we need to do, this is my opinion, this is the true opinion, is that we need to have better safeguards and checks to make sure that no one becomes a monopoly. That's the only thing that happens. I don't mind them buying studios. Hell, it's part of the industry. If Sega didn't buy Atlas, I don't think Atlas would be as big as they are right now. Or these bigger no, than they no, are right they now. Wouldn't. Exactly. So this, these yeah. things, they, they have beneficial to them. It's fine. The thing is that we don't want no one to be a monopoly or at least have dominant control of a certain area of the business. That's, yeah, that's we, we don't need, we don't need like a Disney of gaming. We don't need yeah, that. Disney where or they Warner own Brothers everything. Yeah. Right. I mean, even Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers by now, yeah. even Warner Brothers right now is like trying to sell off half its movie stuff because they they're they're trying to get get rid of like they did so many murders and all this stuff with their with their properties that like they don't know what else to do to get yeah Yeah, they got too big and then there's a possibility they will fail which we discussed earlier the ea strategy whatever it's like yeah and you mentioned earlier microsoft can't be too big to fail that happens we can't i don't want people saying that and i agree with you 100 percent of that because if we start believing that oh they're too big to know though that's the perfect time they could fail they would have for microsoft that they're kind of in this bad times or whatever or in this hard times they, i use yeah, the term yeah I use, hard yeah. times is is they're having to realize like oh we actually have to like put our foot to the pedal and and be coming out with a, a line of games that's actually really good we can't have another year like we've had a couple of last years right uh, and where it's like nothing that, that comes could... out you know right and hard times make could make good things out of sometimes it could yeah. it could help because the hard times that 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 that, uh, that Nintendo went through made the switch, and they learned a lot of things. They cut their right. own salaries to make people work, so they can learn everything they learned up to that point. 
They learned handheld gaming is good. They learned that people like accessibility. And they learned that, not to be mean, they could charge an arm and a leg as long as the game is top-notch. They learned that. Sometimes it's not necessarily top-notch, but they still charge an arm and a leg. But they could do that because they're Nintendo and people... Well, their IPs can get away with it. I I, I would be polite as that. But but yeah, what Sony learned is that Maybe multiplayer games isn't for us. We know it's good for us. We're good at single player. We're good at having. Uh, I don't think they learned that yet. They haven't learned that yet. What are you talking about? They God of War. That was great. No, no, no. They learned, but now they're going the other way. And who knows how many of those live service games are going to fail before they realize? Oh, oh, they're all multiplayer. Wait, which wait? Besides Foam Stars, what a live service game they got. That's the only one I'm aware of. Foam Stars. The 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 marathon one from Bungie. Wait, wait. You you mean Uh, no, 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 no? No, isn't that isn't that true? That's for everyone. The the, the parkour racing one. Um, they got destruction all stars or whatever. Like, destruction isn't that Nickelodeon? No, no, no. That's that's that one that came out like at the beginning of the PS5. That one also. But no, no. They remember the last showcase. They showed like four different live service uh, yeah. games that are coming. I only remember. I only remember Film yeah. Stars. That made that made it independent. So that means yeah, that and that's uh, Square Enix. That's not even them, right? Yeah, like, that's gonna... it, so. Um, one of them is, is like Concord from the, was it Firewalk Studios? You got the, the Fair Games one from Haven that they just bought as well. And then, uh, you know, they bought Bungie and then Bungie's making Marathon, which that's going to be on everything. But still, that whole thing yeah, is yeah, Sony's trying to push this. I so, think, I don't think, I don't know if they own yeah. Bungie, but they probably just commissioned for the game, which is a standard right. tactic they did. I mean, Mr. Ryan admitted that what, what they do, like anyone else does, like we, pay the people to make the game for us and then it's free right. for a time period and then we supply the revenue split in certain ways i think that um the revenue split uh the revenue split they had was for certain companies is like 60 40 to 730 in the it's a whole math thing they right. look basically a lot of the ftc number stuff is is nutty. hell i even i study professors the numbers model thing i'll probably make a podcast about that if i ever get asked that question but yeah sony Oh god, Sony get into the, the the fucking multiplayer space. Oh man, they they never succeeded at it. They never have. Internally they haven't. So it's uh, I wish them the best. <laughs> I wish them the best. I never they never yeah. succeeded at it. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens with that cuz like you said it's not their forte. They're trying to make it their forte, which I, I think to I them, think but yeah, yeah, I think they're just trying I think they're just trying to like I hate to say, it. man, these westerners love multiplayer games. Guys, stop. 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 They're trying they're trying to find a cash cow. For themselves. Oh yeah, because they try they find right. they find about perpetuity. Like it's not like yeah. all, all seriousness. If you play FF14, you know, on the Sony's, the money doesn't go to them; it goes to Square. So right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So like that's hopefully you uh, learned a lot there about get silly is here, um, and you know maybe you have the same interest in in some of the games like uh, like he does, and you know you can let us know in the comments or. Um, you know, hit him up on Twitter and maybe he'll give you some game recommendations uh, yeah, for sure. Could, to you, Yeah, you can also catch me live on twitch.tv. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, my Twitter is Gutilius, so you can hit me up there. I also, you know, post some other fun stuff up there too. But in general, yeah, if you want to, if you want a new gaming recommendation, look up new games, you want to chat with someone who enjoys games like the level I do, just hit me up. I'm, I'm always here. I got nothing negative to say about video games except for What's this game here? Oh, right. Uh, uh, no, we're not gonna talk about that game. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are there are a few um, other things that are not involving the Xbox FTC uh, deal that yeah have been kind of happening this week. 
one of them is the which has been a theme for ever since the it's been before this console generation, but I feel like this console generation has been abundant about let's remake a lot of stuff uh and yeah. see which ones stick. Um Ubisoft has gone from we're gonna give Assassin's Creed time off to we're gonna just go all in on Assassin's Creed. There are currently six Assassin's Creed games in some type of development for Ubisoft and the, the Assassin's Creed Infinity Hub thing. Uh, I'm guessing the VR game is also part of that six games or whatever that's being made. But like now there's rumors going around that there's an Assassin's Creed Black Flag in the works. Look, listen, a Black Flag is my favorite Assassin's Creed, but even I who I could still play the original game because of the Xbox backwards compatibility thing. I don't know that I really want this. Uh, uh man, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I think Ubisoft is just trying to milk themselves and I think it's bad. Yeah. I stopped playing Assassin's Creed after the SEO saga. I just didn't feel like I need to play it anymore, but right. it's like, I don't there. It's like, how do lose? There is a difference between digging and reminding people about the old days or trying to break up an OIP or, Doing some sprucing. Like, are like, you a whatever. fan of uh, the Mirage game or whatever that they're the, Oh, the Mirage. Like the, Actually, yeah. yeah, the platformer. Yeah, the, the, the first person platformer. Those are kind of fun. Mirage, yeah, those are right. No, no, but no. That's, like, the, that's the one that's supposed to go back to like the Ezio, uh trilogy, right? The new one yeah. that they're making this year. Does that, uh, because they're going back back to that time frame, does that make you nope. want to play? Nope, no. No. The only thing that can make Ubisoft me care about them is they release another Rayman game because I grew up with Rayman. I played Rayman a lot. As Rayman is great. Dude. Oh, they bring back, uh, and I do mean it's unironically, Prince of Persia. That's it. If you bring back one of those, I'll, I'll, I'll start paying attention to you guys again. Assassin's Creed doesn't do it for me. Mirage is, it's okay. I played it once. So call me when you guys get me some franchises and I'll be back on, I'll, I'll be back on the, 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 the Ubisoft train, you know? But other than that, I'll see you guys when I see you because it's like, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, we'll, like, it, we'll see oh. if eventually it does become too much Assassin's Creed. Uh, even if you do have the time frame in between, whether it's a year in between or whatever. I, they were trying to stop annualizing this. They were trying to stop this constant stream of the one game. And they're going back to this again because they really don't have a lot else in their franchises that they can really count on now. And it just to it, me, it's just is, too much. Yeah, it's too much. The the thing to me is like one of the gaming trends I disliked, and I will dislike to you too, like a core to my existence, is the yearly cycle trend game. Because mm -hmm. I've said it when I was younger, and I'll say it now: there's going to be a time where the quality becomes dip or comes crap, or it just becomes recycled tier. That's what happened to COD. That's what kind of happened to Assassin's Creed for a bit. And I'm like, no. There's something special when you play these games. You can't just make a thing you release. I understand it works for sports games because, you know, it's a sports game. you got to have your latest football or basketball or or football, you know, by my homeland. But it's like, <laughs> I get that. But it's like for certain games, there's a, there's a sort of je ne sais quoi when it comes to patience and making something cool and new rather than just slap yeah. dash another mechanic or recycle old old mechanics, you know. And I, and I knew that was going to be that was going to be bad the moment that started happening. I was like, oh, no, I can't. I can't. Because not only it creates FOMO, it also makes it impossible for the gamers or the consumer to continue playing games at, at, at a steady pace. There's only like two games that's ever been continued ever that was designed that could be played forever. And I think it's, to a certain degree, MMOs 
and certain lives and life service shooter games. Those are the only two in existence we have today that could do that. Well, and like Pokemon Go, I guess. Pokemon Go is a live service game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like um, it's like yeah, live service, live service and MMOs. I, I feel like these these games who make it appeal to a certain set of people to be super fair. They're also pretty niche as well. Like people who play Final play Final Fantasy fourteen probably are not gonna be the same people that play um Elder Scroll Online. They're two different MMOs, man. They're not gonna play right. both. Exactly. So it's like it's it's a niche thing. And I, I mean, not to mention, usually you don't have time to both either. Like, it's either you pick one or the other and you go with that. Because, okay, I, I'm done leveling my character in Final Fantasy XIV. Okay, now I'm going to go do it in Elder Scrolls. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna doing that. Exactly. And then you're going to run into the syn- you're going to run into like, oh, I'm doing the same thing syndrome. Exactly. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're right. You're right. Exactly. You, you can't. You're just, you're just grinding into oblivion. And I think that insults a lot of gamers' intelligence or people playing the games. It just doesn't work. And yearly releases don't work that way either because it's like it just takes it devalues it also devalues the game as well because right. oh I miss it this year I'll just pick up when it gets good next year. Yep, exactly. See, devaluing games it go it's all full circle here exactly. And so it's it's not just you know the, the cost it's also social and expectations everything. It's, it's, you know I did like so I'm a huge uh, sports fan as a kid. I always had to bug my dad about, oh man, dad, I gotta have the new Madden. I gotta have the the most latest Madden or whatever. And then it's like, as you get older as an adult, you start realizing like, oh, these are the it's the same game. They just added some things. And yeah, well, so, change, you can start jersey, skipping yeah. the years, right? And I haven't played a new Madden in uh, who knows how long. But I feel like I'm not really missing a whole lot because they it doesn't feel like they've really changed that much. So I, I agree with you. Like the same thing I, I had to, I, I reviewed FIFA 22 and 23 and the minute changes that they did between two games. I was like, okay, this is why I stopped playing. The yeah. Christian Ronaldo, like, Christian Ronaldo's on, that, on the Portugal team instead of being on, you know, Madrid, you know, whatever. It's yeah. Like, uh, and, and, and that's the thing about it. Like I understand sports games doing it. It's fine. It, it's what it is. But for other genres doing it, it's like, no, it doesn't work. And this yeah. is one of the thing, and this is one of the things I probably I have a deep dislike about modern gaming, a little disappointing gaming, is that pe- a lot of a lot of developers, I'll say, I'll say publishers, not developers, sometimes developers too, but the the they look at it as a monetary thing, and yeah. they don't look at it as anything else, and they justify it. They even try to convince somebody fans it's okay to justify it. It's like at the end of the day, you have to make a good game, and if you don't make a good game, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing else to say. Yeah. Call of Duty is a perfect example, right? Like they have yeah. three studios that alternate making the newest Call of Duty game, and then they they made it to the point where all they did was focus on Call of Duty, and like every studio they have is basically some kind of support studio or whatever for Call right, of Duty. Exactly. And then, and then look what happens: you get crap like when they when they do go make a game, you get crap like Crash Team Rumble, and right. instead of letting them make a new Crash or some other original thing. I have yet to uh, yeah. try Crash Team Rumble. It looked cool in the commercials. That's all I could say. But um, the thing is, like, and then you have other issues with Call of Duty. I think you're aware of the hacker situation in Warzone. Right. Or all the older Call of Duty games that's available in Xbox Game Pass also have hacker situations that's not been fixed. And it's like, if I wanted to play Black Ops 2 online, prepare to get DDoS to Oblivion by some random hacker from X country yeah, or whatever. Whenever, so what is it, Black Ops uh, Cold War hits PS Plus tomorrow, uh, get ready for that too, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. It's, 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 
no it's a it's a thing it's like yeah and so it's like i feel like the quality of modern of well, sorry of modern warfare games have dipped significantly so bad to a point that i just wait until somebody confirms hey does the anti-cheatness program works does it yeah then i'll i guess i'll play it if it doesn't work i'm not even gonna touch it that's the thing I, i'm not big on annualizing games either and it's sad that ubisoft has gotten to the point where they're gonna do this again with assassin's creed and, they, uh, and, I, th- and I thought yeah. they learned from this so success exactly of the last two games but it's like i guess we don't learn uh they don't and, and i mean i i kind of understand the whole okay now we're gonna have the whole Oh, we're gonna have one that's that's like the old Assassin's Creed, and then we're gonna have one that's like uh, more like Valhalla and Odyssey and whatever, and we're gonna keep alternating between that. That's actually sort of better than just oh, we're gonna make six Assassin's Creed games. Hope you like one of these, and it's uh, yeah, you're like yeah. what? Yeah, it's like what you you go like so. Let's say somebody doesn't buy any of these until whatever, like uh the hexy one that's supposed to be based on the Salem rituals. Like let's say they, they skip the one that's based on Japan. They skip the Mirage one. They go all the way to hexy. Oh shoot. There's been like three other Assassin's Creed games that have come out since then. Uh, okay. You know, like they're not going to go back and play those probably because I, I just um, don't understand because it's like, and I, I do mean it seriously. I don't understand because it's like you like Ubisoft has not been in the, like a okay position. I think the last Watchdog game did not get any buzz. Not, like, yeah, no. Yeah, it didn't get yeah. any buzz. So they went back to the drawing board and, and started making some decent Assassin's Creed. Like, okay, you, you guys are learning something. And then, oh, it's 2023. We learned absolutely nothing. Me. Guys? I, I mean, I give them credit for, like, continuing all these games that you thought were going to be dead, like The Crew and For Honor and uh, Rainbow Six Siege is still going around and uh, even the division and all that, like I give him credit for continuing those things, but it's like I don't know, maybe continue it instead of just making a million Assassin's Creed, whatever. Here we go, like here we go. That being said, I did, so, go ahead. No, that's it. Like yeah. here, we, like let me a million Assassin's Creed. Here we go. Like that's it. Yeah, yeah. I did mention being a big sports fan, so like when I saw this, first off, I saw it. I thought it was like a mobile game because I saw it on my phone, the the trailer a bunch of times. Uh, I didn't know it was a trailer for... I literally thought, okay, I'm just watching them do a commercial for a mobile game. And then all of a sudden I kept looking through and then it's like, oh, this is from the same team that made NBA 2K Playgrounds. Uh, The first one, not the second one that was made with 2K. And then, oh, hey, it's called Wildcard Football. It actually has the NFLPA license in it, so it actually has the players. Count me in, right? It doesn't have the NFL license, but... I loved the first uh, NBA Playgrounds. I loved, like, NBA Jam, NFL Blitz, all that stuff growing up. So, like, having a game like this that kind of – the only thing we're going to get is close again to NFL Street. Yeah, I love the fact that this exists. It's coming out this year, October 10th. So, I'm pumped to see this come out. I don't know. Did you did you like uh, arcade sports I games grew, at oh, all? Oh, I love yeah. arcade sports games. I NBA Jam. Um, NBA Street. I didn't play NFL Street, but I did love NBA. I did love. I did love the basketball NBA Street. I did love some of the arcade hockey games. I yeah. even love. Um, I, well, I was considered a uh, sports game. Uh, Windjammers. I'm a huge Windjammers oh, fan. Wind I, love Jammers, yeah. I love Windjammers too. You know that's great. Please get that if you haven't already. Uh, love that game. But it's like I love. I do love uh, arcade sports games. They're more fun than arcade realism games to me because they just because they could be so wacky. There's so many things you could do with it. 
But um, but yeah, I, I enjoy arcade sports games. I'm I'm looking forward to them. There's even a couple of indie ones called like Street 21. That's okay. Um, if you a uh, little plug here. So myself and uh, Sif Scott recently had a chance to play the demo to Rubble Dunk. It's a arcade robot uh arcade robot basketball roguelike game. Really interesting. Check the YouTube. They have a video on it. It's really fun. Uh, yeah, we, you can space jam people literally. So I think it's pretty uh, that fun. Sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Check, check, check it out. Check the YouTube. Um, just check about just like a Robo Dunk in Outer Haven YouTube, and you can find it. But it's like, um, uh, but yeah, I love arcade sports games because they have so much freedom to be wacky, and I really appreciate that. How how silly or whatever you could do. Yeah, like get the big head, like freaking. Yeah, big head. Yeah, giant feet, like giant shoot, ball. Shoot, uh, shoot from the other side of the court and actually goes in and like it gets you like eight points or something like it's it's all ridiculous and you can just have fun uh with that uh love it and and a game that's not an arcade sports game but it's a game that you wouldn't think it's you know it's a sort of has a sports theme in it uh pyre is also basically like oh pyre basketball is, <laughs> so pyre, pyre yeah. is oof okay so my opinion pyre i okay so i love super giant games but pyre is the yeah. worst game Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pyres are because it's it's doesn't it's not as smooth as other games. Pyre has a cool story, but gameplay was not the best. Uh Pyre is more like oof, like a weak a weak man super dodgeball. Like okay, if you ever play super yeah. dodgeball, that's yes. kind of what yeah, it's a weak version of that. That's what it is. I'll agree with you there. Um yeah. I still like the story a lot. That's kind of why it's a situation. No, the, the, no, the story is great, yeah. just the gameplay isn't. That's exactly how I like, that's why it's the weakest yeah. game because it's like Here's some really cool lore gameplay. Uh... But that's amazing, though, that that indie studio has done so well that we're talking about that's their weakest game, and they have so many great games there. Yeah, Bastion, Transistor, uh, Hades 1. My only yep. my only small disappointment is that Hades, they're making Hades 2, which looks very similar to Hades 1. And the reason yeah. why I have a small disappointment is because if you look at Supergiant history, they always made a new game and a new genre exactly. every chance they could. So they're just going back to making action roguelike. And I'm like, mm. I mean, you did yeah. well the first time, but I, mm, it, that, that, that's my only But step. I kind of so get like, why. Like, it was such a huge hit. Wins game of the year. Like, you can't yeah, just Yeah, it, it's, it's all cancer, you yeah. know. <laughs> like, it did everything. Like, it, like trust that, me, it, it's that. Yeah. Like, it, I just talked about it before, but it has good balance design. Yeah, like, trust me, right. it did everything it's supposed to do. I mean, yeah. So like, it's one of those, like they just, they just can't. And I, and I understand why, but I agree with you. It's like, that was the cool thing about them was that they always got the newest, they, they got a new game every time. And, and you, a new you, knew, time, it was yeah. like a, you knew it was going to be like a, an event when not. So I guess to, to talk about something uh, a little bit on the, the sad side, it, it's been a thing for a while. It feels like this year again, is also sort of been a thing of we're seeing studios, close or have to lay off people or even the big publishers are laying off people constantly the big take up right. laying off people uh niantic is another one of these of course they're the ones that make pokemon go um we talked about them earlier about being a you know live service game that that's kind of like a forever game just keeps going i have uh friends at work that they play this still um and they're in their you know 30s and, and yeah. 40s so they they had to let go of 230 people. They had to close down the NBA All World Game, which is you know the NBA version of uh, of the you know the AR stuff. Uh, they canceled that Marvel World of Heroes game as well uh, due to this, and that you know they're concerned about because mobile gaming is so competitive, and how they haven't really had that growth since Pokemon Go just went 
Oh no, they, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it, yeah, that's a thing. So nautical clothes. I mean, it's bad. It closes people down. It happens. I feel right. like the the reason why a lot of the industry is going in this direction is because I feel like the the profit model or the idea of we can get more is kind of hard because again, live service games, even they have potentially infinite growth. It's not really infinite. It's impossible. Right. Sometimes they'll fall out of favor. Like the people playing Pokemon Girl when it came out, like I was through the first two of its cycle, are not the same people playing it now. They 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 moved on. People move on from mobile games. One of the biggest mobile giant companies this game is uh I think you're aware of them, Supercell. Yeah, Supercell, huh? Supercell, yeah. Supercell makes you know, I like their games, they're good games. But it's like they, they can't be number one forever. Even they even themselves like admit they had, you know, Clash of Clans and Clash Royale dipping, and there's even like uh, changes in Brawl Stars to get people back. They're trying to remove the season pass, and now they're trying to bring back loot boxes from the old days of the Mega Box system to give you back. But it's like those. You know, I respect them so they're a profitable business, but there's no way you're going to maintain the high end profit you had when you like launch at your peak. And when right. a lot of the people, the, the management people behind them, it's like, well, we're not that number anymore. I guess I fire you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're still profitable. Yeah, but we're not mega millionaires. You know how it is. Wait, you want mega millionaire money? I want mega millionaire. And that's why I feel like, like, I thought it caught, like, and their other games haven't uh, caught on, I, I guess, it, it, because, you know, the people move, I guess, you know, Pokemon Go IP, but it's like, it's so, the, mar the mobile marketplace is very hard. I mean, even like, oh uh, God, you, you, you're aware of this somewhere. Gotcha games, like, if yeah. gotcha games don't, don't do well within like six months, you know, see you next time. Yeah, it's, I mean, like Genshin has been huge. Right? Genshin, Honkai Star Rail, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. I was going to mention that Honkai Star Rail is the next one from them that is doing bonkers numbers too. So, uh, it's it's crazy. Like you'll you think you look at these, uh, you know, console sales numbers and go, oh man, that's a lot. Then you go and look at like when Honkai Star Rail came out and they go, oh, uh, this many people played our game and downloaded it, and it's like, holy crap. That is an insane number, you know, and that's the thing. They did that with Pokemon Go and they started branching out to like, oh, let's get all these other IPs and stuff. And then they realized that like, oh, they, they can't hit lightning twice exactly uh, yep. with any of this stuff, you know. So as unfortunate as it is to see this happen, it's kind of the, that situation with the live service with anything is for every like one fortnight, you have 20 that just absolutely don't go anywhere, you know? So uh, Niantic is just hopefully learning that they kind of just need to get better at what they already have and not try to expect too much. Yeah, they should so probably focus on the games they have that thinking of money and do the best they can because it's, it's not much. There's not much I feel like they're, they they can they can do at this point. Uh, did you watch the Annapurna showcase at all? The, the Annapurna one? Annapurna? I don't think I was able to watch it. Well, they have, you know, um, if people who don't know, they, they basically have like the souped up indie titles, uh, you know, the indie titles that they really, they have like obscure concepts, but they really like work on it production wise because they're also like a movie company as well. Mm -hmm. And they, they showcased uh, a bunch of their games. Uh, most of the time they just, they work with developers and they publish the titles, but they also have the, the uh, first game that they're internally developing, which is a Blade Runner title, the Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth, 
which mm. I don't know if you're a big Blade Runner fan, but um, I like the, I like the style of Blade yeah. Runner. I've just done too many. There's too many games that are Blade Runner esque now. There's a game called Slavic Punk that came out that's very Blade Runner-y, and I'm like, mm. yeah. Obviously, Cyberpunk in that same kind of thing, yeah. Well, yeah, Cyberpunk is is, is yeah, they're kind of the OG because it used to be a ta- it was a tabletop game before it became a video game, video game. But right. Yeah. I will say I've been interested in Thirsty Suitors for a while, so I was glad that this finally got a release date, November second. It's gonna come out on everything. It is coming to Game Pass as well. Uh, Cocoon is another one that has looked awesome every time I've seen it. Um, and yeah, this one is coming out September 29th, so I don't know. And then they, they showed this one game, which was interesting. It's like called uh, Totes, and it's this kid that's like constantly in the like doing a T pose, and he mm-hmm. he just basically goes everywhere with it. And you're you're like figuring out how you can like lift objects and do things with it. It's it's kind of interesting the way that they um, the way they did this game. It's I uh, I appreciate when you kind of have cool concepts and let's see how we can make a game out of this um, kind of thing. And then of course Stray is apparently coming to Xbox now. So yep, yep. yeah yeah now, now now everyone can play the uh, the sad cat yeah. Sad cat, exactly. Uh, so there's some good games to check out from there. Uh, a lot of that's coming uh, this year, so yeah, worth uh, worth checking out. It's like 30 minutes, so if you like indie games, that's that's one to go uh, look at as well. Um, I know Ben and Namco had a thing, but I completely forgot to watch it. Um, so Ben and Namco, Ben, don't worry, we'll we'll hear about it. I'm on uh, the only the only game that's relevant. I'm looking forward to is uh, Grand Blue Fantasy: The Rising, the update to the original game, which has more characters, and Grand Blue Fantasy Fantasy Relink. Uh, yeah, I know people at Anime was... X. Yeah, yeah, I know people. I have some friends or people from the uh, that had a chance to play at Anime Expo. So that's the only thing I'm looking for. That is like the that is probably my big title game. I'm looking forward to like oh nice both well, both of them really. But so yeah, it's like. Eh. Yeah, I, I kind of got a passing interest in the Biden Kaitos uh, remasters as well. Uh, I know they showed that off because that's kind of when I started watching it. That's the first game they were talking about. Um, I think they also talked about the Tenkaichi 4 as well. So Tenkaichi I don't know. I, the Budokai yeah. Tenkaichi 5 complete. I'm just waiting. Look, are you going to add rollback to to uh, are you going to add rollback to Street Fighter? I'm sorry, to Dragon Ball Fighters yet? You know, because Street Fighter Six is rollback. We're going to add yeah. rollback to that. That'd be great. Well, let's see. Maybe they, they. I don't. I feel like that would have been an announcement, or it would. Have no, been it's it's, somebody, it's been yeah. a running. It's been a rolling joke in the FGC. For yeah. It's like yeah. Like don't worry, we're gonna roll back in Dragon Ball Fighters. It's. It, it, I don't know at this point, man. We'll see. Yeah. Uh So, I think that's kind of it for the episode this week. Uh, like I always do, just talking about some games that I I know are coming out. Obviously, the big one that. Um, I put, uh, Scott reviewed and you've been playing, you mentioned it already, The Legend of Heroes Trolls and Reverie. That comes out uh, on the 7th in a few days. Uh, also, if you have a PSVR 2 Synapse, which is a FPS with telekinesis powers, looks kind of cool, actually. Uh, you can check that out. A indie 8-bit platformer that kind of has like challenge mode stuff in it. Uh, garlic, and that's coming to everything. And then uh, I'm not sure what it's called. Glit. It, it was actually a Stadia, one of the few Stadia exclusives. It's like a survival horror game. It's coming to PC as well this week on the sixth. So, yeah, um, not like you know the biggest of games other than Trails, which I'm sure all of you guys are excited. Anybody that's a Trails fan, I'm sure has been waiting for this for 
a long time, so don't have much more longer to wait. Uh, anything you want to promote or yeah, anything as always, else? You know, no, yeah. no. I mean, game wise, I'm always you know always trying some indie stuff. You know, check me out on Twitter at Getsilius. You can check on Twitch.tv Getsilius. I stream three, two, three times a week. Uh, my next stream should be upcoming soon. I'll probably be playing finishing Bleak Sword uh, DX and playing some Gunfire Reborn once I finish that. Hopefully. Um, and I have a collab coming up, all that jazz. But yeah, follow me on my socials. It's going to be here. I know I mentioned a couple of times. Uh, I just want play the games you enjoy and don't be mean to games you don't enjoy unless they're really, really bad. I mean, really bad. I mean, hell, that, uh, that's the, that's that's my advice to anything. I because I like, like for you, hey, by the way, I don't like Assassin's Creed anymore. Here you are, you have it, like, you know, it doesn't mean nothing to me. It's okay, you enjoy that right. stuff. It's all you, buddy. Oh, you, you got no, it. exactly. Uh, yeah that's enjoy the games you enjoy praise them don't be just hating on games just to hate them um, yeah don't 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 hate on games you don't enjoy just because uh, that's just too much energy uh, again unless they're super bad i'm talking like glitchy like clown fiesta video games <laughs> what, what was it what was that what was that game that came out the lord of the rings the alum game that game was, oh wow that's a fun that, game to clown on that's fun go ahead clown on them they deserve that what that was so bad that Didalic stopped doing internal development. Yeah, period. exactly. So yeah, exactly. That, that, that was a lesson you we everything. all learned. Yeah, exactly. So I'm okay with that. But thank you so much, Sean, for um, having me on. I hope to uh, maybe come back in the future and ask Coke My Brain about indie games and uh, other stuff. And uh, hopefully in the future you'll uh, stop by the stream or be featured on my stream when I play some cool indie games. I, I really think you would like a lot of indie games because you, you have a taste. I'll give you the whole. I'll give you the whole supply of your sandwich. Uh, well, yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely uh, go check out your streams. Uh, we'll see about the being able to play with you on there. And thank you for for being on with me. I appreciate that. And yeah, no problem. Yeah. I appreciate you adding me. And uh, I hope all your listeners have a good time. Enjoy. Enjoy your day, evening, night, where you come from. And thank you so much for subscribing and checking us. Well, and definitely again, go check out uh, Twist TV at uh, twitch.tv at Getsilius. Uh, go check out the Outer Haven YouTube channel and all that. And uh, for us here, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, everything. Uh, if you, you do, you get everything we do. Go find us, Video Games to the Max, on the podcast side. And we'll see you later, everybody. Peace. See ya.